you getting yourself ready for our show? Jigs and Bigs here. We've got, uh, it's a brand new week. It's a brand new show. We've got so much stuff to talk about. It's been a, an amazing week uh, for me personally, but I mean, just for Jigs and Bigs uh, in total, and the Jigs and Bigs fam, really, it's been huge. We are in the final Jigs and Bigs listener catch photo release tournament. That's a nationwide tournament right now as we speak. We're not even a full week in. And uh, it's been exciting already, uh, so there's plenty of time for you to go ahead and jump in if you'd like to. We're going to talk about something major that happened to me this week that was pretty freaking cool. I'm, I'm very, very psyched about that. we got some good stuff coming up that's happening next week. We'll fill you in on all those details, too. Uh, we have, uh, of course, you know, we're going to find out how, what Sean's been up to. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Old Glory Outdoors uh, Big Boat Tournament that went down over the weekend. And uh, and the turnout there was pretty interesting. And, and, and Jigs and Bigs had a good showing in there with, uh, of course, the one and only Loaded Potato and uh, and Sean the Fisherman were representing. Uh, we got a, we're going to talk about forcing techniques, and this is going to be a hard thing to hear, but trust me, you guys are going to want to hear about this. This is a big deal. Of course, um, in just the tip, we're going to be talking about shim washers. Shim washers in spinning reels, and uh, we're talking about the way your line lays on the spool. Very important, something you, you guys might actually be overlooking. Plus, in uh, FTG, we're going to talk a little bit about etiquette. We talk about etiquette a lot here, but etiquette's important, damn it. It's important. Anyway, guys, much more coming up after this short break. Uh, we got more stuff coming up, jigs and bigs, great stuff. Go ahead, get yourself comfortable, grab yourself something delicious to, to uh, enjoy while you enjoy our show. And we'll see you guys right after this, all right? We got Chris Pendergast in here, says FTG. I, I feel like there's more to that. Please, Chris, go ahead. And uh, and if you got a little bit of a story, you can go ahead, drop it in the comments. And, you know, we might uh, we might just just pop that in as a little impromptu, a little a little uh, a little a little. Uh, what, what do you what do you call it? a little imp like improv comedy? Uh, Bigs and beer tonight. You're damn straight. Bigs and beer. Uh, that sounds really good. I got a coffee stout in the fridge. I should grab maybe between segments. And then, of course, we got Jerry Howes with us. Jerry, how you doing, buddy? You're killing it, uh, tournament-wise. Good for you. I am uh, a was. <laughs> we'll get to that later in the in the, in the uh, update as far as the Jigs and Bigs tournament goes. Sean, how are you this fine Sunday evening as we record podcast greatness? I just wrapped my fourth day straight on the water after my long hiatus of two to three weeks of one or two times, something like that. So I'm feeling damn good. That's amazing. I fished the rain, I fished the sun, I fished it all. <laughs> Fish the rain. This is some <laughs> stupid 90s song. I got dumped on today, in fact. Yep. Yeah, a couple of times. It was uh, 
It was chilly. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of wind. Yeah, man, it was cold. I was not prepared for it. I was like, yeah, we're not going to get any rain till three. Bullshit. We got rained on hard. Uh, I I got to take some magnesium tonight, man. I'm, I'm afraid I might get some Charlie horses while I'm uh, out cold sleeping because I had quite the workout today. And we'll, we're going to talk about that workout in a bit. This is not all of a sudden a fitness podcast. Trust me, there's a lot of man butter here. <laughs> it's all about fitness. Fitness whole pizza in my mouth. Fitness pizza in my mouth. Oh, t- tonight, <laughs> tonight, tonight, we did poke bowls. Spicy Ooh. salmon, spicy tuna. We did some fresh jalapeno, some diced mango, uh, a little sriracha aioli. Yeah, it was really good. That'll make you shit. That's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. Oh, and we got good friends from the Midwest hooked up north. How you doing, Josh? What's up, buddy? We got okay. So let let let's get into this. We have so so normally I go through my week first and kind of review all that, but we're gonna switch things up because there's a little there was a shakeup this week. There was a big shakeup this week. Sean, why don't you go ahead and jump in and let's let's review how how the the past seven days went down for you? Yeah, we're gonna start with me um, and. I got to say this first. I had a huge week. Yeah. But in comparison to your week, I had two kids jumping up and down on the trampoline in a backyard. You had a 4.0 magnitude quake. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Dead balls. <laughs> that's, that's it. Pretty much. So, well, let me start my week. So, what day was it? Thursday, my week started. I got out to, uh, mm-hmm. I was planning on doing a little pre-fishing somewhere and then um, for an event that I'll get to for Friday and the, uh, the, 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 the competition I was fishing against on Friday wasn't able to pre-fish that event. So mm-hmm. I just passed and went and tried out someplace new just to make sure, you know, the rust was shaking off. And honestly, guess what I tried out on, thurs- on uh, Thursday? Ribbon tail worms? No, no. <laughs> I tried out my new set of arc rods. Oh, that's right. This was the first outing with those rods. What did you think? I thought they were great. And actually, because the entranceway, uh, the, the the channel, the flooded channel to the stream that was going into the body of water I fished was uh, really tight with the trees. I got to see how they, before, without even casting them once from my kayak, oh, I got to see how they reacted to bouncing off every tree limb in sight. They held up well. That's good. So that was good. Yeah, yeah. good times. So um, now I got out there. Smaller body of water. Um, where, where, how should I put this? Not quite the shears, up the shears, but kind of like the foothills. I'm not going to say where I went. More like up the chute? Yeah. It's, right. it's not really anybody's damn business where I went. Yeah. Um, very close to where that man flossed his taint with a shirt. I'll leave it at that. Oh, but it wasn't, but it wasn't that pond. Good old taint flossing. No, good old taint flossing. You're really cleaning his chode. Good for him. So uh, <laughs> I got up there. I All I wanted to I had enough time. To make uh, maybe a full lap, uh, I, I went after I dropped the kids off at school and before I picked the first one up. Yep. So I have a little window now where I can kind of keep it local now that school has started for both my kids and I'm the drop-off guy and the pickup guy. I uh, I had a little bit of a time, a little bit of time, so I got to keep it close. Went out there, did my lap about halfway through it. I noticed there were two kids on sit-in recreational kayaks and their their parents were watching them from the shore and. Yep. Well, for all I could see, I mean, being a hundred yards away or whatever, it looks like, looked to me like they were being trained on kayak usage, proper kayak usage, and both of them wearing life vests. And father pointing out this and pointing out that. I'm like, 
that's good stuff right there, you know? Yeah. Then they took off on their own. I'm like, wow, they must have done this before or something. Maybe it was just a refresher, and they just went right into the wind, right past me. I didn't think twice about it. And then maybe 10 minutes later, I looked to my right, frantically rowing a boat into the wind at the kids as the father looking over his shoulder every third, fourth row. And I turn my head, and one of the boats has flipped over. Oh, the, my God. Yeah, the uh, the the occupant of that was floating next to the two boats. The other boater was um, holding on to the other boat, and the father was going out there to solve the problem. I said, well, that's, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm going to go help, so I went shooting over there. The kids were probably, I don't know, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there, okay. years old. Very calm. I said, you guys all right? Yes, yes. We're good. Father's like, hey, man, thanks for coming over. We, we got this. I'm like, okay, just making sure. I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, so even with a life preserver, kid could freak out. Sure. And uh, it turns out what happened was the the flip E, the flipper, no, not the flip E, the flipper. Yep. Went into the water because he was standing up. In a wreck In kayak. a recreation, recreational sit-in kayak. And I said, don't do that, man. I said, I can stand in mine. I don't even do that shit. Yeah. So- um, they were fine. I continued on my lap, went back up, uh, ended up catching some fish for food and went home. That was Thursday. Let's shift gears to Friday. Friday. Friday was a big day for me. Mm -hmm. Fr Friday. I met up at six o'clock in the morning with John Medina. We met up obviously earlier. We got on the water at six, six fish, six to two for the fourth round. We both survived to the knock the Massachusetts kayak bass in knockout bracket. There are three brackets of 16. There were 48 people in this with a three-way final. Yep. John and I were two of the final six. So no matter what, there was going to be a Massachusetts kayak bassing Western Division person in the final, which I was all right with. Either yeah. him or myself, we both fish in the division. And we went to a lake in Sturbridge that I've fished twice. Once was at night. The other time... I don't know. It was during the day. I didn't have great luck. I caught one fish at 17, one 15 inch or so. This was my backyard. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and he had never fished there, but we went out there. And um, in the night fishing time, it was uh, me and Nelson catching nibblers for four hours, which sucked. There is a decent recreational presence on this lake, but thankfully it wasn't, the, it wasn't there on Friday. That's good. So we got out there. Uh, wind was blowing. Uh, I don't think we got any rain Friday. Do you, we, we didn't get any rain Friday. We no, got we no got a, rain Friday. Yeah. So it was, it was comfortable out there. Mm -hmm. Um, we got out there and he went left. I went right. Uh, longer Lake, um, more, I don't know what's the term like cylindrical, not, not, not circular, but like cylindrical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oblong. Yeah. Oblong. There we go. So I went to the right. There was a weed bed there within five or 10 minutes. I hooked into a bass. 15, 16 inches, I have no idea because long distance release on a chatterbait. So that pissed me off because, you know, you, you, you get a fish like that in a high stakes tournament like that. And you're thinking, hope oh, that doesn't come back to haunt me. Exactly. <clears throat> so what I did was I aimed for a section of the lake, a shoreline that had a lot of timber because I love fishing timber. Mm -hmm. I'm confident with it. I'm always happy to see it. I'm always happy to see wood. And at my age, who wouldn't be? It's true. <laughs> Every year that goes by, you're like, this could be it, old buddy. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> Once more around the sun. <laughs> so 
We, uh, you know, I had lost sight of John at that point, but I went, I went aiming for the, for the down trees and the timber that was lining one bank. And, um, I, I just, I happened to catch a 12 or a 13 or 11 inch fish and I entered it and I just happened to see the score go up and John had already gotten a three fish limit. Was that 36 or 39 inches? And I said, well, that was quick. And it was seven o'clock in the morning. So I, yeah, I rounded, I, I ended up rounding a corner around these trees i ended up getting like a 15 so i'm like okay good now i've got a whatever it was a 15 and 11 then lightning struck bobby roast beef i rounded a corner to one little section where there were two or three down trees it was a steeper drop than the rest of the shoreline there was one big lay down and the wind was blowing directly into it instead of alongside it like the rest of that shore. So it was kind of like a 90-degree angle that went in and then made another 90-degree angle that went yep. back out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I dropped a jig right on that tree, and I don't think it hit the bottom when, I, when a 19-inch largemouth inhaled that motherfucker. That's awesome. So I fought that, that thing. I got it in the net. I'm sure half the shoreline here heard me cheer. So that thing brought me up to 40-something-odd inches, uh, 45, mm-hmm. 40, 45, I think. And so I had the, the 19, the 15, and the 11, uh, 45 and change, I think it was, or 46. So I continued up that shore. There was a it's kind of a sketchy underpass area. I fished around there, a couple more nibblers, mm-hmm. made my way back down. It was already halfway through the day, good-sized body of water, made my way back down, started winging that chatterbait around. The conditions, the wind had picked up a lot. So I said, well, I'll, I'll switch back to the chatterbait and see what I can do. Yep. And ran it over one point and got smoked. I said, yes, great fish. Pulled it in. 22 and a quarter inch pickerel. Jesus. Which was fine for jigs and bigs. Not yes. so fine for that day. Kept going down the shore. Picked up another, what did I pick up? Another 14 and three quarters. Some 14 and change. Something like mm-hmm. that. Rounded my score to 49 inches. John at that point had crossed 40, I think. He was at 41, 42, 43. And the score held that way until the final hour. I stayed at 49. The next thing I know, with an hour left, he's got 47. He had picked up a 16, a 16, and a 15. So now I'm like, John can close this out with an 18. Yeah. You know, he but he bumps that 15 out three inches and I'm done. And that's not a stretch for him. John's a hell of a fisherman. Yeah. He just, he ran out of time. I sweated that last hour like a fucking condemned man. I was believe it, dude. I was like, holy shit, because I couldn't get that 14 out of there. I got another good pickerel. Yep. So my my currently my jigs and bigs any five and pickerel category. I'm winning the pickerel. Just killing I'm winning the any yeah. five. Yeah, I'm killing those. You know, you need 20 inchers for those categories. I'm almost at hundred for the any five. But um, dude, I sweated. Like I said, it is the further you get in this tournament, it, not even the further, dude. Screw this. Everyone in this tournament comes to fish and has the ability yeah. to knock out anybody at any time. There's no there's no easy matchups. There's no. none. And I am very, very, very lucky I survived that. Um, congrats to John. That was his first year doing the tournament. That's the wrong button. Yeah. Well, <laughs> John, I apologize for my host's rudeness. <laughs> I'm acknowledging that it was supposed to be the applause the first time, John. Yeah, and uh, no, he did a great job. He got to the the final of this bracket, of our bracket, in the first year he did it. I know someone else who did that. 
And the yep. first year they did it. And he's on a podcast now and talks about himself all the time and hangs out with Bobby Rose. Nice. <laughs> so there's, See what there's you have to look forward to, John? Following the right footsteps. <laughs> all this can be yours. Yeah. <laughs> we so We're giant pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, complete. But yeah. no, he did a great job. He made me sweat it. That was that – was, I mean, dude, to get out of this bracket, I, I look back at the, the people that I had to face off against, and I don't know how I made it through any of those rounds. Yeah. I don't. I went out and fished, and you know, things went right for me, and, and just for whatever reason, things didn't go as right as they should have for everybody else. And Well, and, and you see that sometimes, you know, when, yeah. in sports in general. Like, you just see where it's like, it's not even about – can the the team come from behind against the other team? It's can they do it against the clock? Yeah, you know sometimes yeah. the clock is is really the real opponent, you know, and that's crazy. Yep. So I'm gonna have to look up the name here because I do not want to fuck his name up. If yep. you'll hold on one second, so we um I'm now in the finals. Um, one final was completed prior to John and I taking the water, and another one occurred at the same time. So I'm going to cover those real quick. So um, I mean, pardon me, Greg, if I fuck your name up, but Greg Krasnowicki defeated Bob Pierce prior to our matchups on Friday. And Greg did a hell of a job. He's in the final. That's his first time in the That's final. Awesome. Um, for his bracket. On the on another bracket, uh, Valber Santos beat Stephen Hedges in what was a fucking big fish shootout. Valber beat Steve 56 and a quarter to 53 and a three quarters. So, so Steven Hedges hit a 19 and three quarters and two 17s, and Valber beat him with a 17, a 20, and a 19. That's a shootout. I don't even know where they were fucking fishing, but yeah. I'm impressed. That was killer. So it's myself, Valber, who I faced off in previous rounds, yep. uh, previous tournaments against, and I know a couple, a couple tournaments. Um, not just a knockout, but other Eastern Division tournaments. And I have not met Greg yet, but we're going to be getting together um, in a couple weeks and facing off. Uh, we actually did some funky things that I'll talk about another time with our payouts. We oh, kind of came, right. came to a group thing, group decision that, well, I'll talk about it now. Fuck it. We kind of came to a group decision that we've all kind of been through this meat grinder and it's really not fair to anybody at this point. So yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna go three ways on the on the pot, but there is a bonus on the line. The there's there's five payouts for this tournament. First, yeah. second, third, biggest single bass of the tournament, which currently Matt Conant is is handling with a twenty one something or a twenty two. I'd have to look. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god, unprepared, Sean. Uh, that's not on there. Fuck it. I think he's got a twenty twenty one and change or a twenty two. Yep. Um. That's probably not going to get beat. Can it happen, especially where we're going? Eh, it might, but it might not. Yeah. But the other, the other uh, secondary prize, as we call it, is um, best combined three of the tournament. So the biggest, the you know, you take your biggest three fish of the tournament. Yeah. Best, best combined bag. First place is me with fifty eight fifty. Second place is Valber with 58.25. No shit. That freaking close. So if Valber calls out one of his 19s, yeah. he, he can take you and overtake me. Mm -hmm. If I call out one of my 19s, it's going to be harder for him to overtake me. Yeah. 
So that's another little thing. So that is actually up for grabs. We decided with, you know, and, and Greg brought it up. He says this happens in his fantasy football league sometimes. Yeah. The champion and the, the two champions for whatever will split it and the title's on the line. And the shit talking rights are on the line. Oh, of course. Which well, is we, way more valuable. Yeah. 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 You get to this point and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I thought it was fair and, and, you know, it's going to make this, a little more fun, a little less stressful. That's for, awesome. For, well, definitely for me and Valber. Yep. <laughs> but, you know. Um, so, yeah, we did that, and we're going to be going forward with that. Again, congrats to those guys. Congrats to everybody who's in the tournament, because if you get into this tournament, it says something. It really does. Like, Oh, yeah. You got a fucking – you've got some confidence. You probably have some chops. You can get in there. Great job to everybody who's in it. Um, I, I'm just in disbelief that I made it this far – through the anglers that were in this thing. It was insane. And, uh, I'm, I'm humbled and in disbelief. in disbelief. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So we'll have more reports on that when it happens. I'm not saying when or where, because it's not anybody's fucking business. Yeah, exactly. We'll sort that out. And you guys will get a report. Um, but, uh, expect that in late September. That was Friday. And then, then Saturday happened. So I had no sleep Thursday to Friday. Then I decided to turn it around and get no sleep on Friday to Saturday because, because our guy, my guy and yours, OGO Joe, put on a big boat tournament at what is somehow somehow becoming my home away from home, Quaybog, which yeah. I don't know how I keep getting into tournaments there, but it keeps happening, so we'll roll with it. And I picked up my man, the loaded potato. The old loaded potato. Or should I say he picked me up because it was a big boat tournament. It was. Th- that's right. Sean the Fisherman returned to big boat tournaments after a decade-plus hiatus. And let me tell you how the day went. Loaded Potato picks my ass up. We get on the we get out there, and uh, Quaybog is like flood-staged, where if anybody's familiar with Quaybog, it runs right up to the road where the launch is on. There were two points where the road was flooded. Like two points. There, like the road was... Submerged. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. <clears throat> um, Andy left the game plan in my hands and I said, okay, well, here's where I think we should start. Here's plan B, here's plan C. And, uh, plan A worked. Um, I picked a spot. I said, I think we're going to start here and we're going to roll down this coast and we're going to see what happens. Well, at our starting point, right off the bat, Andy and I started winging around crankbaits. I was ringing, I was, I was throwing uh, square bills. The water was very, very, very chocolatey, like chocolate milky water. Yep. So immediately I thought Oklahoma. So that's where I made my start. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had no plan on throwing crankbaits, but I actually switched to one based on the water color and said, what the hell? Let's give it a roll. I'm sorry. I had a chatterbait on first. My, my crankbait was my second choice. Chatterbait netted me a, mm-hmm. uh, another big pickerel. So that's the one that's actually leading the jigs and bigs right now. And I got that pickerel, and then I just didn't feel uh, you know the clock went off in my head, and I'm like, there, there should be more here. And when I switched to a crankbait, my second or third cast, I got a 17 inch bass. I'm good with that. Not I mean, bad. This was, yeah, this was of course a weight tournament. Yeah. And I should say, neither Andy nor I had a scale. File that in the back. Hang of on, your mind hang on for a minute. <laughs> that'll come back in a minute so i got a 17 and a half on the crankbait 
Andy switches to a crankbait too, so we can see if we can get two, you know, double barrel crankbaits going here. And uh, he ends up getting two of the biggest crappie I've ever seen taken out of there. Both of them were minimum 13 inches and a, a nice white perch. Re ready that little wah-wah button because Andy is not in the Jigs and Bigs tournament. I was just going to ask if he was in there because I'm like, I didn't see any of those in the – no. That's no. – oh. Yeah, so currently, hold on, let me look. Crappie. Andy would be in the lead by over four inches. So <laughs> that sucks. Oh, well, it's all good. What can you so, do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we got those five fish, I believe, from that area. We tried plan B, or we worked our way around. We went. We did a whole lap around the lake, but we left one area untouched. I'm mm -hmm. not going to get into where. Yep, Andy. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got my comments up. I know I shouldn't be doing this because they're distracting to me. But Andy <laughs> has the giant head slap emoji. Yes, he does. <laughs> well deserved head slap emoji. <laughs> and uh, we we made our way around the lake. Uh, I picked up one nibbler. Um, I forget. I think Andy picked up something else, or, or else maybe he picked it up when we got back to that point. But it, it was it wasn't it wasn't working. So I actually had one plan of a place that I had not fished on the lake. And I said, let's, let's head there. This is the kitchen sink. We're not doing well. The tournament was half over. We've only got one fish in the live. Well, I said, let's go someplace. I know what's here. We tried some of the places I knew about. It didn't work. I said, let's go there. We went there. We got there with about three hours left on the clock, maybe a little more. I picked up a little bass quick, changed my technique to a, 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 a finesse jig. Yep. Picked up a little bass. We rounded a corner. I picked up an 18 and a half. Okay. And I said, put the spot lock on. Let's see what kind of damage we can do. We put the spot lock on and hung around this one spot for three hours. We picked up that 18. We picked up two 16s. We picked up a couple 15s and I don't know how many nibblers. And we felt good going back. Oh, yeah. A day like that? Yeah. You should. You should. Yes. And we, we had it back. I said, you know what? No matter how this falls, we think we got something here. You know, let's let's get back. So we got back for the weigh-in, and uh, that eighteen five contended for Lunker. Mm -hmm. It was third for Lunker. It ended up being five-ish, I think. Uh, I'm gonna say this, and Joe's gonna slap his head and be upset with us, but I think his scale was a little off. I don't know about an eighteen and a half inch fish being five pounds, but whatever. It's all It's all. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's all uh, relative, I guess, because yeah. I mean, you know that you you, you don't know that fish could have thrown yeah. down like a couple beef and cheddars from Arby's that could have been sitting like a rock, you know. Yeah, one of the things about documenting all the fish I did over the years, especially mm -hmm. when I was weighing them, is you don't start seeing five pounds either. You know, you start seeing it with non-skinny like nineteens, nineteens and a half. You know what I mean? Nineteen yep. and a half. You don't see them. You don't see them too often at eighteen, mm -hmm. if ever. I don't think I have any. I think all my eighteens are. I might have one eighteen and three quarters that touched four pounds, and this one wasn't fat. Yeah. So I, th but again, everyone was using the same scale, so I'm That's not worried the whole about thing. it. That's it, as it long was as the, it's yeah. the same scale it doesn't make, make it. It was the third. It was the third biggest fish in the tournament. Yeah. Um. So we ended up finishing <sighs> third. We ended up finishing third at at by Joe's scale fourteen point zero two was straight pounds, not pounds and ounces. 
0.02 pounds for our five fish bag. Nice. Next, second place was 14.10. Oh, 0.11, excuse me. We lost by less than a tenth of a pound. Yeah. First wow. place ran away. First place ran away with it. They had 15. Let me tell you how, Bobby Roast Beef. <laughs> While we were over there slamming this one 20 by 20 yard area for yeah. the fish that we caught, one of the fish we pulled up was remarkably in the same neighborhood of size as one of the other ones we already had. Yep. To the point where Andy and I both held them, eyeballed them, looked at it. We, we went with the one we had. We threw the new one back. The one yeah. was shorter and a little heavier, a little heftier. The other one was longer and skinnier. Yeah. And they were, they felt the same. Yeah. So you were thinking it was a lateral move. If only yeah. there was a, a piece of equipment that would tell you on a relative scale, which one was heavier than the other. I, I left my dildo at home. <sighs> so we'll never Damn. know. We'll, we'll never know. We could have made the right decision. It's still lost. We'll never it's know. It's true. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. It, you know, at that point, it's a 50-50 stop. So, so yeah, we uh, we enjoyed we enjoyed the tournament. We had a blast. Nice. I was glad. I, I love fishing with Andy. He's a yep. nut. Um, oh, he's I great. He's he's yeah. on my short list of favorites. I love fishing with yep. Andy. And and honestly, I told him I said we should probably do this again because every big bass tournament I've ever fished, I've either been skunked. Yep. Or had one or two fish. This is the first time I've got a limit called and placed in a big boat tournament. So <sighs> I'm I'm game. If we got to if we, let's I'm, let's see uh, if, if this can be a trend. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out and just say this that you know the day is coming where there's going to be a jigs and bigs big boat. And you and I are gonna be, you know. Angler and co-angler, and we're going to represent the shit out of the – yeah, and, I mean, we're just going to do this for for content, if nothing else. I think it'll be amazing. Andy will have to pick up the bar or something. We'll have to get him go Nelson. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I think, yeah, because it's, it's going to happen. It's, uh, you know, eventually this is going to happen. So, yep. I mean, I think it's only right, you know? Notes, some side notes for the day. Number one, yes. if anybody looked, anybody looked on Instagram, they would have seen that Andy and I were, in fact – in uniform representing the show. Yes, and you guys did a great job with it. Like twinning, like that level. Yep, and something else. This is just for our patrons. How many people we got in there now? Uh, we got a, we got a, th a handful. All right. I forgot to apply sunblock to oh. my body. Wow, dude. It's like two different people. Look at this. I, look at this shit. I am... Reverse raccooned like a motherfucker. Yeah, you are. Oh, wow. <sighs> Become a patron for Jigs and Bigs. You can see Sean fucking sunburned to shit. Sean's terrible tan lines. Ooh, if I, that I, isn't an endorsement, if that isn't worth your five bucks a month, my God. I got fucking fried. Yeah. Fried. And this is the first time this year I've had a bad sunburn. You know, there's there, I've had a couple where I've missed a uh, missed a body part here and there. Yeah, like a little bit of a, you know, that happens. No, this was just dumb. Yeah, it's wear it's, sunblock, people. It's important. Or yes. protective sun clothing and layer it up so you you can get your coverage. Man, the sun is brutal. Yes, I have one last tale, and then we are going to talk about the main event. So my last tale this after this weekend of placing in two tournaments and just 
kind of being blown away. I took today. I slept in. I, I say I slept in. I went to bed so early. I Andy and I celebrated. We celebrated with class. Yeah, you did. At Applebee's. <laughs> we went... We went to the bees. We had a meal. We slapped each other on the back. It was fantastic. And then I came home. I think I was home by six or seven. I went to bed at six or seven, and I woke up at seven this morning. That's how exhausted I was. So today I had a bunch of house, you know, some chores to do, neglected from fishing for yep. three straight days. I knocked out a few things, and uh, I was planning on mowing the lawn, and uh, I couldn't do it. And I should make note. This is going to be funny. Everyone's going to laugh at this. A little self-deprecating Sean the Fisherman shit here. My yard has been in the same state for about a week because of the rain and the fishing. Okay? Oh, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not, I am not saying that the rain caused this or that I was fishing the whole time. It was a combination of both. Yeah. When you were I around, have, it was raining. Yeah. I, I got myself a, a battery mower. I like my little battery mower. It does the job. It, mm-hmm. it can go through some good swaths of grass. I got a battery mower. I like it. Yeah. My battery mower died on the last good lawn mowing day. Oh, no. No, the ba- no, no. no. Da- the batteries died. I just had to recharge them. Oh, okay. Halfway through my backyard. <laughs> Literally. So you got like ding, ding. one half. Yeah. yeah one, one half is a beautifully mowed lawn. And the other half is a wild field. And <laughs> it looks awful. But it's my backyard. The front yard's fine. The front yeah. yard got done. And uh, it's been waiting. And it's just every day I come out and it's raining. And I'm not. That is the downfall of that mower. If it's wet grass, yeah, we're not doing that. So I've just been waiting. So hopefully tomorrow I can get the lawn mowed and go to a go to a cookout. But yeah, that's what happens. I, I believe the old Bill Dance song was the what was it the the yard meet the yard need, yard needs mowing the what was it the fucking house needs painting. I'm gone fishing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Very <laughs> poorly sung by me. So that's a, that's my week up until today. Today, I like I said, I did some chair, chores. I, I was not able, beca- again, because of the rain to mow. So I went fishing. I went to a small Berkshire Lake. I had about three hours up the shears. I was looking for multi-species. Yep. I got, I got two boxes checked. Again, I got another good pickerel. I got an 18-something pickerel. And I got uh, a couple of good-sized rock bass. So there's my sunfish. There you go. So I got, I'm leading the sun. I believe I'm leading the sunfish category. Where's the goddamn? Uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I got out there. I did catch, uh, I had one good bass release itself. And um, I was trying for smallmouth. This lake has smallmouth in it too. And I I didn't hook up on any. It was, a, it was a, like a really, really light bite up there. Yeah. And um, I mean, I thought I had something going and I just didn't. And then I did what I could. That was the breaks. I had a good Friday. I had a good Friday. I had a great Friday and a great Saturday. Saturday, and I had an, eh, a meh three hours today. What yep. are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. You yep. just gotta roll with it. You know, that's all you can do. So, what happened to you? So I did a little fishing this week. Um, I went out. I didn't get out Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I don't really exactly even know why. Uh, I didn't get out Monday or Tuesday. I know I had a lot of prep stuff going on uh, with podcast and planning a few things. I had uh, I had gone out, though. I made it a point to go out on Wednesday on the 1st uh, because I wanted to get first crack at the month and start, you know, putting something together. So I made the decision that I was going to ignore largemouth and just let 
catching largemouth happen as I go through. And I was going to specifically target other species. Um, and what I did was I had gone to a spot that, uh, I have, I've, I've seen some big fish there before, uh, conditions look really good. Uh, it's on the river system. So like lots of different species. So I went out there and I started, you know, throwing some buzz baits. And as I was throwing around a buzz bait, I spooked a giant carp and didn't even know he was there until my buzz bait had just, just gone over his head and I saw him move. I was like, holy crap. He just blended right in with the bottom. And, uh, I got on two smallies while I was there, uh, hooked a, a 13 early on, uh, and then went, uh, work that same spot because, you know, where you find one fish, you very well may find some more. And I was throwing around a, uh, a swinging football head jig, uh, with a craw trailer. Um, and I had hooked up with, uh, actually, no, I take that back. It wasn't a craw trailer. Uh, well, I had, I had busted out an old plastic that I hadn't used in a long time. Uh, Strike King, uh, Cosmic Monkey. Or, or is right. it the Space Monkey or the Cosmic Monkey? I forget the name. That was a s- might be space the Space monkey. monkey. It might be the Space Monkey. It's like a toad-style bait, but it's got you know great uh, appendages on it. The legs just kick like hell, and I'm like, oh, that'll be great for this you know specific presentation. Um, donated some tungsten to the Connecticut River system because that's that's what happens when you're ripping that around rocky bottoms. It, it you know you you can when you're when you're looking for fish, you're if if you're trying hard enough, you're going to lose some baits. It just happens. Um, and for the amount of snags that I had, I came back. So anyway, I ended up uh, besting that day out with a 16 on the nose, which um, later on in the week, uh, that, that was at worth four points to me in the smallmouth category, which is awesome. But now I've been uh, dethroned uh, with a whopping uh, 16 and a half by none other than the butcher, uh, Ryan. <laughs> I... You and I talked about this earlier we today. We did. When I heard Ryan, or when, uh, when I heard Ryan Bogley had, had gotten a new nickname, the Butcher, someone had, at Old Glory had dubbed him the Butcher. There was one thing that came to mind. Do you remember the old uh, Looney Tunes episode where Bugs Bunny was boxing, fighting, or wrestling a guy named the Crusher? Do you remember how the that ring announcer announced him? I would like to do. I would now like to adapt that. Yeah. For our friend Ryan Bogley, I, I like that. Okay. I'm going to track it down. Weighing. Oh, no, I got it. Oh, you got it. <laughs> Weighing in at 200 pounds from parts unknown. The butcher. <laughs> nice job, butcher. So, uh, you know, he sent me a message to inform me that I had been dethroned as smallmouth king. And I was thinking, oh, he's probably got like a like an 18 three quarter, 19 plus, something like that. 16 and a half. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, no problem. Uh, but we're going to Champlain. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then the next day I had gone out and I had this, this, this next day I had gone, it was really, really warm that day. And my, my oldest daughter was like, oh, let's go for a walk. I said, that's a great idea. So we went along, um, this rail trail that goes along a, uh, a, a pond and, I, you know, tried to find a few spots to fish over there. Either they weren't accessible or the spots that I did find, there's already people all, all over them. So no way to get really, really get in there. I was like, all right, no sweat. Then I, I made it a point to uh, go to one of my other stomping grounds for just a little bit. Couldn't hook anything there. And then, and then that brings us to Friday. Now, Friday, I had made plans 
to get out and fish at a body of water because I was meeting up with uh, Derek Ardioli. You know him from Three Bells Outfitters because Derek was was bringing me and delivering. I mean, you want to talk about service? Delivering the uh, native watercraft Titan 13.5, fully rigged, ready to go, and uh, brought it brought it to the launch. And we spent the day fishing. So I would like to commemorate such uh, an event by doing this. So why is this such a big deal? Because this is the first kayak I have ever been in where I can easily stand up and fish from with ease. So Derek and I go and we we fish uh, upon that. I fish often with my kayak. Uh, it's got a decent launch, uh, decent parking. It's really close by to where I live, so it's it's really convenient. And we go and we we launch our boats and we we head off and start trying to catch some fish. We're only going out for a few hours, and at this point, I was way more concerned with the layout of everything. There's a well. Before we get into any of the stuff, first off, I want to thank Three Bells Outfitters because they're just amazing. Thank you guys. I appreciate you so much for all this, like putting like taking the time to put me in the right the right kayak for me and for my style like that is amazing uh all all the amazing gear that they rigged it up with with all the yak attack accessories that are in there uh there's a a lorance uh wait it's a hook reveal seven that's in there this is an amazing fish finder and i'm you know the geeky you know part of me the the techie guy within is like loving this so i'm trying to like learn all this as i go and you know i'm 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 really excited to see where this is going to go all of this though is powered by a naqua battery and i got to tell you like a moron i didn't take out the the battery and charge it um after my first outing but I didn't have to worry about it because there was more than enough juice for both that trek and the trek I took today. So it was absolutely amazing. Now, back to the fishing. Of course, I'm fishing, but it's more in my mind at this point. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, layout of like, okay, so this rod holder's here. What am I going to ideally use this for? I actually moved some things around while I was in the boat, adjusted the seat uh, so that it was in a, in a, in a better, more comfortable position. Um, even went so far as to like look at like for taking pictures and putting stickers, like to figure out where are these things going to get seen, you know, when I do this. So I'm, I'm taking all this stuff into consideration and I'm, I'm just, man, I'm so psyched about this. This is so unbelievable. So I did put a fish in the boat. I did. I put a, a nibbler in nothing crazy. I think it was, it was 12 inch on a good day. Um, uh, tiny little largemouth, uh, throwing around a swim jig, you know, and I'm, I was just working it, working it up shallow and, and, and working some timber because I too very comfortable with timber. And I, you know, hooked up with this little boat I'm uh, with this little largemouth, And I'm like, 
uh, first short trek out, we already got a fish in. That's awesome. So fast forward about, about another hour and a half or so. We had decided to go out of this one channel that we were that we were working in and get out back onto the, the the main part of the pond. And we go out in this one area and I'm looking at the fish finder and I can see that there's a couple of pings here and there around me. And and Derek and I had just had this conversation about the cone that the transducer drops and what it is that I'm looking at on this on the screen. So I had, you know, knowing that this is a multi-species tournament, I started throwing a Ned rig. Uh, a Ned rig with a small three-inch ribbon tail grub as as the uh, plastic for it. And I, I take this one cast into this one sort of deep pocket. And as it goes, it starts on the fall, I see the lines start moving off to the side. So I crank down on it, set the hook, and I brought in a 17 on the freaking nose. Like, great fish. Amazing. So this fish, I, I went to go enter into the tournament. Now, the 12 earlier, I did not enter because, again... I can catch nibblers all day. I'm not going to necessarily worry about that when the goal is to catch the off species, especially early. That's my strategy. Um, I'm not concerned about those nibblers. They're going to be there. So I go and I'm sitting there and I'm measuring this fish. And now I'm met with, with really what is a whole new set of, of challenges and learning, which is, okay, how am I going to place my net so that it's not going to slip off into the water? I don't want to lose this fish. I got to figure out, I had at this point not measured a single fish in the Titan at all. So I'm trying to figure out the best place to, to put the, the board and how to handle everything. I got a picture, mouth was open, a hair. I took the one inch penalty for it. It's all good. I am delighted. I'm on the board with a largemouth. And it's a decent one. It's not a bad one. Not bad at all. So we go and we load up the kayak, and we and I head back on the trailer. I got to tell you, that tra trailer rides so much smoother with that heavy of a boat as compared to the Ascend on there. Um, the Ascend comes in at just over 100 pounds with the seat. And, you know, with the, the layout for the Ascend, I, I, I bring it, that's all. It's the seat goes on and it's, it's strapped into place. And then that's it. That's the only accessory that's in there. With the Titan, I have a spot where I can keep my paddle. I can keep a bunch of tools that are in the seats. Um, there's the transducer that's in there. There's all the other stuff that's in there. This boat is over 200 pounds when I take it off the trailer. And, you know, you got to factor the pedal drive and everything else. It's it's not light, not at all. But loading it on and off this trailer on a level surface, that that's the key word, level surface. <laughs> on a level surface is a breeze. It is an absolute breeze. I can't, I'm so excited with this. So I, I get the, the boat home. I park it in the backyard. Everything's good. I'm like, I'm just standing out there with a cup of coffee staring at it like, dude, the, the, the level of adventures are just, like, beginning. This is crazy. And I had gone out. I had plans to go out Saturday morning. Uh, those plans did not work out. So I made, I took, I, I pulled an executive decision, if you will. And I decided that I would spend the entire day hanging out with my wife until I had to go and do my event that night at Springfield College. So I go and do that. And I'm, you know, trying to basically 
shift my plans from what was on Saturday over to Sunday. It wasn't going to work out. Paul and I were trying to like figure something out and Sunday wasn't going to work. So uh, I had I had shot a message out to Eric Dowd, former guest on the show, old homie of mine from doing trivia back in the day and like guy's awesome. And he's had a banner year too. In fact, I got a, a six plus pounder this year at one local body of water, and he got one that was just a, a, a click or two larger, same body of water about a month later. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So we had been saying for a while, we got to get out and fish. He just got a new kayak a little while ago. And I said, look, man, let's do it. Like, let's just go for it. So we made plans to head out to this one spot. Now, we went to this one area where this this uh, boat launch is extremely steep. It's a hill. And loading that Titan on there uphill, very difficult. I had to recruit some help uh, just to kind of keep the, uh, the the front end like straight while I pushed it up onto the trailer from the water. Uh, but it worked out great. You know, it worked out awesome. Got everything all set. We had gone out to... Uh, when I'm out in that area, one of my favorite eateries to celebrate. I only got on one fish today. Um, a tiny little nibbler, you know, little bastard. Um, and I got one other bite. And it didn't feel like a bass bite. It was on a Ned rig. I'm kind of hoping it was a perch. It would have been nice to get a perch in. Could have been anything with a Ned rig. That's the thing. It could have been anything. And, uh, you know, so I, I had gone at this point, I said, you know, let's just, you know, let's just call it a day at this point. Like we had gone through three different bands of rain that had come through and we were soaked. And I was just like, you know what? He had, he had dropped in, uh, in a separate area from the launch. Crazy story. I'm not going to get into the details, but like one of those, a classic type tail. <laughs> so he had gotten everything together, launched from a different spot. I met him back there and then I pedaled my ass off. I think I did like four miles, something like that. I mean, I was looking at the angler app before, but like a freaking idiot, I didn't stop the trip before I got in the car and drove to go get breakfast. So it reads like 12 miles. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I did about four because I measured the distance from where we drove from where the launch was to that. And I'm like, it, it's about four miles in total. My legs are on fire. It feels so good. It is so nice. There's definitely some learning that still has to go. But man, I am, I got to tell you guys, I am blown away with this kayak. Like not only just the, the, the vessel itself, but also the, uh, the service, like with three bells, that delivery, they didn't just do that because it's me. That's something that they do. If you buy a kayak from them and, you know, I mean, let's be honest, if, if they were to ship it, it would cost a fortune. They they will deliver it to you. Like, it's crazy. White glove delivery provided by Derek Audioli. <laughs> out of your mind dude <laughs> so my weekend was amazing like i am still i i still i just want to go stand next to it and just like yep yeah. mm -hmm. i asked my wife last night i was like hey i said uh you're planning on running out to trader joe's my wife is so weird she loves to do groceries like i know some people say no she has she watches like videos of of other women doing grocery hauls on youtube i'm not making this up like, hi, guys, I went to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, and this is what I got for this much money. And I'm like, come on. So she's going out tomorrow <laughs> to do groceries. 
Uh, I don't know if she's going to film a haul video. God, I hope not. People do that on YouTube? Dude, people do that all the time. It's obnoxious. Um, it's, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that's on YouTube is like, people talk about like fishing videos being like whack job, fishing video producers being like crazy and like, oh yeah, people just go out and record themselves fishing and doing whatever. It's like, no, people go and they record themselves doing, not only will they go out and like, and like show what they bought, but they'll sit there with like the nutritional labels and be like, oh yeah, you see this here has uh, so many grams of sugar, and this is a better uh, move to to switch to this product instead because it it uh, the the way it breaks down in the metabolism is what the fuck, man. Well, uh, you've just given me my sleepy time, grandpa grandpa's sleepy tobacco uh, activity before I go to sleep tonight because I, I will forward you some links at some point for you to enjoy i am fascinated i had no idea this existed it's insane so i I had asked her i was like yeah i was like uh, thinking about going to hit the water and she's like you mean to tell me you're gonna drive the kayak out wherever launch it to fish for an hour or two and then come back and i'm like oh no 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 (laughs) like i'm gonna gonna fish for six uh <laughs> that was that was what my take was on. I'm gonna fish for six, uh, and then I said, if I'm gonna do an hour or two, I'm just gonna realistically. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. If I'm gonna get out tomorrow, I'm gonna bank fish. I'm gonna go where I caught those smallies and fish that area. Probably throw some different baits and uh, and see what I can what I can get hooked up on. But I don't know. You know, we'll we'll just we'll, we'll play it by ear. I, I I don't know. It's just. I mean, it was a great week as far as catching goes. It was an amazing week as far as like upgrades in like the uh the execution you know as far as getting out and and being accessible on the water absolutely amazing freaking blew my mind so that it pretty much sums up my week as far as action on my end um there is something that you guys kind of need to know about and that is that this week uh the week of this show being released Sean and myself are prepping for a big jigs and bigs outing, a big jigs and bigs trip. Uh, we're we're actually spending. Uh, it's my week uh, birthday this weekend, and we're going up for a big old friggin' fishing trip at uh, at at Lake Champlain, and uh, we're gonna have full like all the details. We're renting an amazing cabin up there. I'm gonna have all the information about where we're staying. In fact, not only are we staying up there, but but we 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 know uh, the guy who owns the cabin cabin and uh we've worked out a little bit of arrangement where uh, he's going to be uh basically acting as the guide for my father and i on one day and then uh hopefully this all pans out and works the way that we're planning but we're we're planning on renting a pontoon so that all four of us can get out on the water have a nice relaxing like sunday on the water do some fishing depending on how tournament and weather conditions are and everything else we may have somebody with us acting as a guide as well uh so that could be a lot of fun expect a lot of video and additional content uh to get recorded on that trip but the reason why i'm bringing this up right now is that next sunday september the 12th i will not be sober doing this show it is my (laughs) birthday okay um I, I will I will be in some other mindset one way or the other, but I'm I'm letting you know that we will have a show next week. We are planning on recording Sunday night as normal, 
And we plan on doing the live stream from the cabin. Full details of, of what's going on and everything else. The caveat to all this is as follows. I don't know how great the internet is at the cabin. I'm not saying that mine is great, clearly, because I keep dropping out and I was a mess. But I'm not sure that we'll even be able to live stream from up there. If we are not... What I think we might end up doing is using our cells to record, or not not record, to live stream to Facebook. Um, we'll see how that works. I don't know. I got We have to play around and see what the what the service is like in that area. Because again, like I don't, I'm not in Vermont that often, you know. So we'll we'll play it by ear. But I am bringing the kayak up. I am doing some kayaking. Then um, we're going to be doing some late night fishing, trying to get on all kinds of different species. Like, this is going to be an amazing send for Jigs and Big. So I'm really, really, really excited. So all the details of, like, all the stuff that we're going to do and and all the uh, feedback of, like, the everything from the amenities to the fishing to the conditions to the menu to you name it. Oh, by the way, my father had asked me. I knew this was coming. I knew it was coming. He calls me up earlier this week. And he says, Rob, he goes, what, what's the plan? What are we doing for food? And I said, uh, well, I go, you know, Sean has some uh, food allergies. I said, so we're not going to be doing, doing a lot of like eating out, going out to anywhere, any takeout or anything necessarily. I said, but, you know, I go, we're going to be doing a lot of cooking. I'm like, I'm not sure if there's a, I, I told him I'm going to bring my fryer up so that way we can do out outdoor frying we don't have to fry in the house or anything like that uh and then you know i said uh, aside from that like we would love to do a catch and cook we're probably going to take a day at one point run to a grocery store grab some staples it's probably going to end up happening on friday <coughs> and you know we'll, we'll we'll put together what we can and he's like yeah i got a couple of tenderloins he's like i think i might bring those up and i was like you do you man make it happen <laughs> make it happen I, I knew I knew there was something in the freezer. I knew it. And uh, so that's what a lot of my week is going to be organizing. It's going to be a little bit tricky because I'm going to be getting a lot of this stuff together. But I also have to drop my trivia gear off because I'm not lugging all that all the way up. You know, I, I want to have as much room in my vehicle as possible. Uh, was actually really hoping that before this, I would have the opportunity to get out. And uh, I'm, I'm getting into a new vehicle, but it's just... Not, not, not a rush right now. I'm, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen in, uh, in, in due time, but crazy. So Lake Champlain coming next week's show will be done on location. And as long as we're technically able to do so, Sunday night live is going to happen like it normally does. So that's, that's what our plan is for that. But just know that if, if our, if our patrons, you guys don't get that update and it's not showing up, it only means that the test we did was an epic fail and it didn't work out. So we're barring you guys the, the frustration, but you will have the full show and everything. It's going to, it's going to be awesome. In fact, we'll, we'll probably record and I'm probably just going to crack a cold one and just edit the sucker right there and upload it. And it'll be ready for you Tuesday morning, like always. And you and I discussed because we're going to have people up there with us. We may have a couple of uh, honorary guests. Oh, we're guest definitely going to have some guests. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, Nelson's going to be with us and, yep. and my father's going to be with us. I don't know that Ian will be there uh, for Sunday. I think he's leaving on Saturday. <laughs> but I'm psyched. I'm just really, really psyched. From what I understand, the neighbors are also amazing, and there is a going-away party going on the weekend that we're there. 
So, I mean, you know, I'm not looking to crash somebody else's party, but, you know, if it happens, <laughs> you know, I've been known. Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, there may be shenanigans. Yeah. You know, I just want, I just want to add one thing or two things, actually. First Far off, away. dude, you didn't give me a breather. You didn't take a breather there. Congrats on your boat. You've been waiting for so long. Oh, yeah. I am so... You, you, when you, when you called me on the phone, yeah, you were literally Cartman on the episode where they drank coffee all night. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, seriously, you guys, you guys, you guys, just running around in circles. That's, <laughs> that's what you were doing. I'm like, uh, uh, Bobby, I'm in the middle of a fucking death match here with a really good fisherman. Can I call you back later? Yeah. Oh, seriously, I, I've never been able to stand up. I'm like, dude, I gotta call you back. <laughs> it was, like it was crazy because there was one point where I'm like, when I tried the Titan out, I was like. I, I think I could do it. I think I could just just get up. I really do. And I don't know if it was mentally in my head. I'm like, I fish this water so much. I know the depth now. You know? I'm like, yeah. I got plenty of room, and I know that there's nothing underneath me. So I just said, screw it. And I just stood up. And then I look over, and I was like, Derek? He's like, what's up? And he goes over, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it was freaking awesome. The, the second thing I'd like to add, um, you brought up Powered by Naqua. Yes. Well, I make, I've made a habit now of, um, of bringing my little Naqua power bank with me anytime I go fishing because oh, yeah. I need it. I may need it just in case my, my phone battery is low. Well, for the past couple of weeks, for whatever reason, I have had an issue with my charging cable in my, uh, in my car. Yep. So I got to fish against John. At 5.30 in the morning and had, you know, when we launched at 6, I had 46% of my phone. I plugged it into the power bank using a different cord, threw out the other one, and by, I think, 9.30 or 10, I was at 100%. So that little tiny power bank did wonders. Now, oh yeah, I think everyone, I want everyone just to make a note of that. There's a reason for that coming down the pipe. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, there's a reason for that. I want everyone to make note of that little Naqua power bank. Just file it away. Mm -hmm. You may hear a little bit more about those Naqua power banks from us in the near future. But I'm going to keep it quiet. They're great little batteries. I mean, you guys know that when we did the live on location at the uh, – when we recorded at Trifecta, you know, at the reception for the Trifecta, when we recorded there live on location, we powered our Zoom podcast recorder via that power bank. And it's it just it makes life so much simpler. You know, it's it's nice and easy. It works out great. So we love Naqua. <laughs> you know, they were one of the first stickers yeah. I put on put on the new kayak too. It was like Hookshead Hoodlums, Old Glory, Naqua. Oh yeah, I gotta put some jigs and bigs ones on here too. So I got, you know, making it happen. And I so we were talking, I was talking with Derek and I was like, Oh yeah, I said, Do you guys have any of those those longer three bell stickers because i was like what what am i able to do here for stickers he was like go at it go for it you know he's like decorate it do what you're gonna do I said okay cool and i said i have a couple of the smaller square three bells ones i'm kind of holding on to one of those for when i build my rod locker for the for the new vehicle um and i was like if you have any of the, the ones that are that are wider that actually say three bells outfitters on there i was like i'll take one he goes we're waiting on some new ones to show up because the ones that we have are pink and i'm like i'm down <laughs> like I'm a big yeah. fan of of funky color combinations and green and pink. I think work well. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, I was like, I'll take them. 
Don't worry about it. Bobby Rose Beef wears pink periodically. My favorite Hookside <laughs> Hoodlum shirt is pink. <laughs> there there yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. But, oh, yeah, it is just just an amazing feeling. And what just a freaking banana. This first segment's an hour long, John. And we're only two-thirds yeah. of the way through we it. Should we, take a break? Should we take a break and make uh, an honorary second segment for what we're going to talk about? Because it might take some time. You know what? I think that's a good idea. Let's go ahead and lump our hot topic in to the uh, the second segment, and then we'll we'll jump in with uh, just the tip and FTG. I think that's a great idea. I like that executive decision. Yeah, let's do that. We got we had a very very exciting week here at Jigs and Bigs headquarters. So, yeah, sounds right. good. We'll be back, guys, right after this quick break. Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code Jigs and Bigs and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan Start 'em Young to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code Jigs and Bigs, save some money and gear up now. We are back, Jigs and Bigs, another freaking Tuesday, and uh, that was that segment was huge. We never got to what our our hot topic was, uh, so we're kind of building it right up into this uh, into this segment for you. So, what we're going to talk about here as sort of the main focus is it's a it's a a subject that uh, I have been reading a lot about from a bunch of different folks, and Sean had kind of lumped it into this one title that I think really works unbelievably well. And and what that is, is what we're calling it, we're calling it forcing, forcing techniques. So what I want to do is I want to explain that this is not, this is not forcing yourself to learn something new, like lock a new bait in your hand and you're just going to throw it until you like, you figure it out. Like, and, and keeping that, that's one thing that is one way to learn. But what, what Sean and correct me if I'm wrong, what I think Sean means here is when you're going out with the preconceived notion that you are actually catching fish on this specific presentation and it's not working. So it must be the presentation's fault, right? Yeah. We covered this from a couple different angles. In previous shows. Yep. I know we I know we did. I remember we one time. I think you and, I, you and I even got a little heated about it. I think so. But I think it's still to this day, I, I look at when I competitively fish, if somebody's new to the competitive fishing game, right? And they I hear them say, man, I'm going out and I'm going to kill it with this lure tomorrow. You are. Yeah. You're really, you're good, you are. You're going to just throw that lure? Congratulations. That's that you've managed to somehow do what every other experienced angler has taken years and years and years to figure out that you actually have to go out and read the water and let the fish tell you what they're going to hit. If you can do that, you have that 
that power of, of, of precognition, you know, a day or two before a tournament, you know what's going to work without having That's to fish the water. That's an advantage. I'm fucking, you know what? That's an advantage. That is an advantage. Seeing, I, that is where I will fold on the advantage word, the A word. If you can see the future, that's an advantage. It's true. <laughs> but it, you, see, you see what I'm saying? This is like, yeah. I, I thought of, while I was out fishing today, knowing that we were going to tackle the subject, I was thinking about this. And you know what a really, really good sports analogy is? What's that? You're a pitcher for a baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know how to throw a curveball. Mm-hmm. You know how to throw a slider. You know how to throw a fastball. Yep. You're, working, you're working on your knuckleball. You've got a game tomorrow, not practice. And you say, fuck it, man. I am going to throw this knuckleball till I'm blue in the face. And then you watch one ball sail over the fence. And then you watch another of your knuckleballs go over your head and sail over the fence. How many times are you going to throw that knuckleball and watch it go over your head? It just, it doesn't work that way. No, it's dangerous. You're taking the chance that your knuckleball that you're learning to throw, that you're going up against a team of players that can't hit a knuckleball. Yeah. Whereas why don't you try a little bit of everything or do some research on the team you're playing against and see what pitches have worked against them in the past or what what's worked for you against that team in that past. Maybe they're a bad fastball hitting team. They can't catch up to it. Mm -hmm. Your fastball isn't that fast. I can catch up to yours, but your curveball works yep. really well against them. You know what I mean? You got to, what is, it always comes back to what is your strength? Yeah. You can't just say, I'm going to a body of water and I'm going to throw something I've, I've never caught a fish on and it doesn't work. So I'm not going to do it in a tournament. Why would you do that? I don't, yeah. I hear it over and over and over again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to solve this problem. I, is it, is it an origin thing where people watch possibly filtered success videos of other people throwing it, making it look so easy, and they just say, well, I can do this, and it's got to work at this place? Mm-hmm. Is it they have a friend mm-hmm. who throws it, and they're like, and well, that guy can do them. it, I can do it too? Yeah. But they, they're only seeing that person throw that lure. They're not they're, – maybe they're not getting the full picture of yeah. what that angler who's throwing that lure and having success with it – is actually measuring and seeing. Is that guy hitting every rock or feeling a lure bounce off rocks and like, okay, I can throw this where it's rocky. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't mention that. But the ang- the co-angler sees fish after fish after fish come in. And On they think, well, bait. I can do that. Yeah. And then that person goes to a weedy lake and it doesn't work there as well mm-hmm. or at all. Well, what's the issue? Yeah. Well, they didn't have that vital piece of information that- It's a formula, you know, and- and if you have these different variables that aren't lined up the same way, you know, it's like baking. You know, you you mess up one ingredient and it all goes to shit. So you gotta have to know what you're going in there. It's it is a lot more of a science. I, I it's funny because was it was it last week's? I I think it was last week's where I straight up just said, fuck a spinner bait. Yeah. I think it was last week's. And and I when we were talking about this, that's exactly what popped into my mind was I have never had success on a spinnerbait ever had success but you know what i still have some in the box and when i lose one that i think is a color or a pattern or a style that works well for me when i lose one i replace it because like i know obviously these things work i just haven't figured out how to make them work for me yet 
Like it might, it might just not necessarily be my time. Um, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm overlooking something, you know, I, I, I've, again, like I've heard a lot of folks say fall is great for spinnerbaits. They're like, you get into that, you know, that moving presentation when they're feeding on bait fish, it's a great presentation. I know to look for wind with spinnerbaits and I'm like, well, how much wind is the right amount of wind? Do I have to be out there and like hurricane Ida, like, Oh, here we go. And getting smacked in the face with a half ounce freaking war Eagle. Which, by the way, I've lost three of and will continue to buy more of them in that bluegill pattern because it's freaking beautiful. Um, oh, wait, are, are you losing them on fish or are you losing them to timber? <laughs> I haven't lost them on any fish. I've lost them on timber. <laughs> so so right off the bat, yep. they're beautiful, but that lure seems to have caught a fisherman. It's not. Well, I mean, that said, like I've also tried various other uh, present usually what usually what I'll do is this if I find something that's working and again you have to realize Sean that you have to take competitive fishing out of the equation here because yeah. like there's a lot of us that th- that's not even a factor so for me it, the com- competition is more with myself and if I catch something on a, a swim jig a natural swim jig something I've got confidence in that works and I, I see that it's working, Oftentimes, I will cut that off in a similar color and try something in that vein to challenge myself to see if I can get hooked up on it. Because I know that, one, I've identified that there's fish there and that they will feed, that that color and presentation is effective. What's going on with this? And this is just, I mean, when I lose, like, uh, especially spinnerbaits, oftentimes, it's, I feel, because I don't play it safe when I take casts. I'm like every every single bait that I have, I'm willing to kiss goodbye. Every single yeah, one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You've heard me say a million times. Yeah. You, you don't. Every you cast don't use, could be the last one. You don't use jigs unless you lose jigs. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I wasn't bringing competitive into it at all. Yeah. What I was getting at was with tracking what I'm doing and have been for years. This is years before I started competitive fishing. Yeah. I was three years into my database and that's when I looked at said, I'm not catching anything on white spinnerbaits. Yep. Or I'm catching very few. Yeah. I am down to two models and colors of spinnerbaits, and they're not even crossed. It's yep. like I have a, a black one with a Colorado blade I use at night. It's a striking <laughs> midnight special. They sell them at Walmart. Yep. I am completely faithful with those. They're one of five five lures I use at night. That's it. I use five. Yeah. I can go night fishing with five lures, and I'm fine. And I'll, I know that I'll have success. Yep. The other one... Is a little bit more temperamental. Um, it's more of a situational thing during daylight hours, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's another striking spinnerbait. It's the um, oh god damn it! It's one of their pro models. It's another three three eighths ounce one. It's it's their striking quote unquote bluegill. But yep. as I've said before, the striking bluegill pattern. They've actually started calling it perch for some models. It's the same skirt that that Z Man uses for their. Mm-hmm. For their chatterbaits for perch or bluegill. Yep. It's a perch. We have northern, we have perch up here. All over. And fed yeah. bass eat them. Um, but yeah, that, like I said, that was not competitive. That was me up against myself, exactly as you described. Yeah. It. I gave it, I gave those things three years, the white ones. And when I looked at what I was catching fish or what, what <sighs> spinnerbaits I was catching fish with, it came down to those two. And I still to this day have success with them. Yeah. See, you know, that's the whole thing. And when you take into that information and into account that three years of experience being able to document this, that's one thing. I'm a few steps further back where I'm still trying to get this database together 
and like look back to so that I can actually see effective patterns. So like, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Like I, I have had bites on a, on a spinnerbait before. We've talked about Big Alum, uh, <laughs> my my hatred. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, when I'm throwing when I'm throwing that large of a spinnerbait, a, a, a bait that I have no faith in, and I'm not connecting on any fish. All I can do is blame the soul patch. Like at that point, that's all you can do. <laughs> yeah, but in in reality, the thing is, is that like. You know, I, I like to compare this to, to with my buddy Paul. Okay, Paul is a huge believer in the one dollar Walmart spinnerbait. Huge believer. He's caught a bunch of fish on them. I mean, he couldn't document them. Uh, he he couldn't tell you exactly how many and size that it produced or anything like that. But he has caught a bunch of fish on them. In fact, I think I think there was a time where we had a conversation on this show about if you're fishing with somebody else, use what they're doing to play off of if you're look, you know what I mean? Like you can, you can take a day and make it amazing. If you take into consideration what your friends are throwing and what they're not having success with and what they are having success with and kind of make it work versus just going right to junk fishing and throwing everything you've got. Um, which ultimately like is a strategy, but in the in, logistically, it wastes a lot of time. You're retying a ton of stuff. Uh, so, this one outing we're going at, and we're fishing at this one local reservoir, and uh, I think we we're having a conversation about, well, you know, what should we throw? What should we throw? And he was throwing, he tied on a chartreuse, uh, maybe a white and chartreuse, actually, but definitely a chartreuse uh, $1 Walmart spinnerbait. And he's like, yep. He's, and I think he hooked up like third or fourth cast. I had also a chartreuse spinnerbait. In fact, he gave me one of his that was exactly the same, you know, same exact thing. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm working it. I'm working it. I'm working it. Nothing. I ended up like hooking the limb somewhere underneath and breaking off. I'm like, God damn it. So I'm like, here's a buck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it is what it is, but it's, it's just, it's one of those things where like you, maybe the setting wasn't right. And like I said, you know, he caught one fish, a fish is a fish. It, it wasn't necessarily a pattern. If he was getting on multiples, that might be a different story. You know, it's, it's more about, you know, the body of water and, and, and letting it tell you, let the fish tell you, you know, let, let them yeah. tell you really. And, and know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Yep. Like I don't, you know, you, we, my, my history of, of just not using and co honestly ignoring certain techniques, I'm honest about it. They yeah. don't work for me. If I'm throwing a knuckleball, my fastball only gets up to 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour. I'm not going to do steroids and juice up myself so I can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. I'm a knuckleball pitcher. Yeah. So that means I'm throwing a Ned rig and I'm never fucking drop shotting ever. Mm -hmm. So I just want to, I want to throw something out there. Some of this, this log that I keep one of the, yep. one of the things that really helps me and it helped me keep chatterbaits in my lineup, which is phenomenal. Right? So one of the, one of the tabs I have is in Massachusetts where most of my tournaments occur, right? Any black bass, smallmouth or largemouth that I've caught over 17 inches from 2009 to 2021 mm -hmm. by broad um, by broad lure categories. I, I make sure that one of the things I enter is a category of a lure. So if it's, mm -hmm. let's say I'm throwing up that Black Midnight Special, one of the columns says spinnerbait, brand is striking, model is Midnight Special, color is, you know, let me 
well, they make a bunch of colors in that, but I only use either black and blue or black and red, whichever one. Yep. And then what I, whatever I use for a trailer. Mm-hmm. So I can filter my results that way and see what I've got. So <clears throat> in 2009, this is just, uh, this is just, sorry. So 2009, I started this, right? Yeah. 2010 and 2011 were my do what I'm doing those years. And I didn't get out a lot, but I just did what I did and recorded it. Yep. 2012 was my application year. All right. In 2009, I caught 13 fish that were over 17 inches. Yep. In 2010, I caught eight fish that were over 17 inches. In 2011, I caught 13 fish again over. So that's 26 plus, uh, it's 34 fish, right? In Mm -hmm. three years. Mm -hmm. The minute I applied this data, I went to 28. Oh, wow. In in those three years, I caught one fish over 17 inches on a spinnerbait. In 2012, I caught five. Because the numbers were there and they weren't small. They were just under 17. Yeah. And I focused more with it. I said, okay, I've got something going here with a spinnerbait. Let me see what I can do. And now you make co- a good point because you can build strengths with a bait if you can put the pieces of the puzzle together to make it work, right? Yeah. So okay. so when I when I look at the – Jesus, this is 12 years now of this database, right? When I look at these 12 years – I caught so I, that fifteen was my high point for spinnerbaits. Yep. I caught, or I caught. Uh, excuse me. I caught five that year. Took part of the twenty-eight. The next year I caught fifteen. The next year I caught nine. So right there in a four-year stretch, I caught twenty-nine, thirty-one bass on spinnerbaits that were over seventeen inches. Yeah. And then it kind of it kind of died down. But then you can see conversely, my chatterbait numbers bump up because I like using chatterbaits more in weeds. Yeah, it spinner spinner baits get really fucked up in weeds. No matter mm-hmm. mo- what model you have, even if it's the old striking thirty eight special with the giant grass bell on it, those yep. still get fucked up. Chatter baits handle weeds a lot better, and I fish a lot of weedy places, so it makes sense. Oh yeah. So I've I still keep those two models of spinner bait because I know they have their uses. The the midnight special at night and the pro model during the day under certain circumstances in perch heavy lakes. Yeah. But since you know. Since then, my chatterbait numbers are through the roof. I mean, it's nuts, but uh, it's a piece of the puzzle. That's exactly it. Never, it's a puzzle. I, yeah, I never once go into a lake mm-hmm. the night before a tournament or even just today Yeah, saying, I'm going out, I'm going to throw this lure, and I'm going to catch fish with it. Yeah. That's not my decision. And there is a time and place. Like when you want to just lock a bait in your hand, like when you're trying to learn a technique, I'll give you a a great example of that was buzz baits. Like there is a technique with using a buzz bait. It's if you're using the right setup, it's very simple, you know, but when you're casting and, uh, and then, you know, you're not allowing the bait to hit the water before you. So there's a timing sort of rhythm that you have to get into watch your bait and then when you stop it engage your reel so that it's moving when it hits the water so that you get all of the possible action that that you could ever have when i started throwing buzz baits i was throwing them on a seven foot medium heavy whatever rod with probably a six speed reel and i was i was literally burning my joints trying to burn this thing as fast as i possibly could it was impossible i've never told you this you know what i learned to throw buzz baits on in weeds spinning spinning tackle six six spinning combo with 10 pound mono really braid hadn't braid hadn't really been popularized yeah. it hadn't come back yep and braid wasn't readily braid really popped back up in the early 2000s yeah and 
I was using mono. Flora yep. wasn't really readily available. It was mono. That's all you threw everything with. Oh, yeah. Well, BuzzBait's been around a long time. You know, I mean, yeah. before these high-speed reels were so super common, you know, I mean, it, 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 was, it was an absolute game changer. But the name of the game with... You know, throwing a buzz bait is is one like I, I like to have a longer rod so that I can throw as far as a cast as possible because the idea is covering the water. You know, you want to get it in and get it to do its thing. But there is a technique that you need to learn. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Just like there is with uh, accuracy with casting. So let's say you th- you tie on a Texas rig and you want to k- practice and you're just like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it in. I want to make sure I can bounce this Texas rig off that tree. And, and hit it in the water. I want to bounce this off this one specific target. Like, that's different. That's like practice. You know what I mean? You're going out and you're doing this, like, for a specific reason. Um, with practice, the one thing you won't have and you shouldn't have yep. is expectations. Yes. You shouldn't have any. Yeah. How am I going to do this? What am I doing? You've got to pay it. Just like It's just like anything, any other aspect of fishing. Yeah. You've got to pay attention to what you're doing. You've got to pay attention to what the fish are doing when you're doing your thing. Yep. You've got to pay attention to the water. You've got to pay attention to the weather. You've got to pay attention to every possible factor that you can you can perceive. Mm-hmm. And I just I just don't And a understand. lot of times and we're all guilty of it to one extent or another. You know, maybe once you get enough experience you can put the pieces together a little bit differently, but I, I know I, I, I'll even speaking for myself, I will overlook something here and there. But I what oh, I what yeah. I have noticed is one of the things that I've improved on greatly is instead of going like ah, they're not biting today, what I'll do is I'll oftentimes stop and look around and say, all right, what do I need to do? What 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 are my surroundings? what am what am i experiencing you know uh, stuff is as simple as like where are the birds you know yeah. like like shit like that like okay i can't find the fish well, maybe they can you know you know it's a good indicator in the spring where are the turtles sunning yeah. themselves everybody loves turtles you know it everybody fucking loves turtles make everybody signs everybody. for that shit turtle crossing yeah. goddamn run over the children save the turtles yeah and i, I just <sighs> I don't know. Sometimes I, I I wonder when I see techniques happening and what what yeah. is that angler picking up on to to make them do this thing because it's not something I would have done. Yep. And I do. I, mean, I, I go on. I was just gonna say I'm not fucking Mike Iconelli by any means. Yeah. I use I use fucking as an adjective there, not a verb, just so we're cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm not a professional angler. But I do have some degree of success. Yeah. And I base that on the observations that I make. I am way too much of a hippie to remember all that shit. Yeah. I write it down. I'm honest with myself. I don't get ashamed for writing down that I caught a four-inch bluegill on a lure. Yeah. I don't care. Now I know that if I catch – Yeah. If I catch more of those bluegills on that lure – Maybe that lure is meant for four-inch bluegills and not the bass I'm chasing, not the 17-inch-plus bass. Yep. I have a tab I can look at and say, wow, what have I caught this year uh, for, for these bass? Let me let me go through that, Bobby. Bass jig, five of them. What the hell's that? Bladed jig? Bladed jig, four. I've only caught uh, 28 bass this year that are over 17 inches. Mm-hmm. Five on a bass jig, four on a bladed jig. 
Uh, what is this? Four on a lipped crankbait, 11 on a creature. Yep. Got one on something. What the hell is this? See, I got to scroll back and forth. Yeah. Oh, one on a plastic stick bait, you know, and, and again, my whole thing for this, uh, one on a suspending jerk bait, a jerk bait. One on a suspending, is that right? One on a suspending jerk bait. What is this? This one is, yeah, one on a suspending jerk bait and uh, three on a swim jig. All that totals 28. It's not the same as last year. Yeah. But some of the, some of the ratios are there. Yeah. They're very close. Like, you know, it's it's just a matter of keeping records, knowing I don't expect next year that I'm automatically going to catch five fish on a mm-hmm. bladed jig. What I've done is I've refined the techniques that I feel make me a complete enough angler yeah. that for the Northeast, not for everywhere, but for the Northeast or even the North, because I, I think I do okay in Minnesota, for the North – I know techniques that will work pretty much universally based on what's in the water for bait fish, for prey, et cetera. Yeah. And I can feel comfortable going into any Northern body of water for the most part, whether it's Rocky, whether it's got timber and chocolate milk water, whether it's got weeds and I have my techniques, not many, just a few. Yeah. That I know when to apply or, can figure out when to apply. Yeah, exactly. By looking, by again, taking in the input, saying, okay, it's windy out. You know what I don't like throwing in wind? I don't like throwing stick baits in wind, like uh, plastic stick baits. I won't throw a Senko or a Sticko or an Ocho or any of that shit. I like in the wind throwing stuff with weight because the wind does stuff to your line and I want to keep the slack out of my line. So I will throw something with a jig head. I'll go to a jig instead. Yep. You know what I mean? Or I'll go to a Ned rig or I'll go to a, you know, if that's, you know, for, for a sinking type lure, not for a search bait, a search bait, something different, but you know, if it's super windy out, I probably am not using a floating Rapala because that's more of a still water thing for me. A Senko is a still water thing for me. And, you know, like I said, I, I think my record competitively and otherwise speaks for itself that, I've got something going on here. Yeah. It's not every answer, but it's quite a few. Yep. So I, I think ultimately to sort of like put a cap on all this is really at the end of the day, when you're you're looking at a technique or a specific presentation, a specific bait in general, don't put expectations on that bait, uh, especially if it's brand new because you've got nothing to really balance it up against. What you really are doing is learning the technique and then pay attention because, you know, there's a saying in fishing that if you walk away from the water not catching anything, but you learn something, it was a great day. And you need to take those skunks. I've taken those skunks. Sean has taken those skunks. And go back do. and dissect them and, and look and say, okay, so what was going on there? What was I throwing and then, you know, maybe in retrospect, you can look at what was what was happening. You know, I, I use the tools that are around you, too. That's part of the reason why I like using the Angler app so much is because when I catch a fish, I have an, an, at an instant, wherever that, way, uh, that waypoint is for that catch, at an instant, I can see if we were going on an upward wind trend or a downward wind trend, if we were uh, raising in temperature, if we were the same, if the barometric pressure was changing, anything like that to kind of tip me off as to what 
was going on. And, you know, one of the things that I've added that's not in there is if it was raining or not, you know, if it was bright sun or if it was clouds, things like this, that it's, it, it, it comes into, 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 into play. And there's even more that you got to look at, you know, you got to look at water visibility, clarity, you got to look at color, you know, and these are all things that you kind of have to put out there. So when you're, when you're learning a new presentation or when you're attempting something that's new, go into it with more of like an, like an educational and a learning mindset and not having a high expectation necessarily. Eventually, you're going to hook up with something on it. The thing is, is it's not going to be worth a damn if you don't know the conditions of that catch at that time so you can try to replicate it. And conversely, yep. one of the things I don't think your apps track that I do track is skunks. Do you guys track, does your apps, does Fishbrain oh, track skunks for oh, you? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Fishbrain does not, but Angler does. Um, okay. The so. trick is to not delete the trip just because you didn't catch anything. I'm like, I don't want all these on here. No, no, no. I want them on there. I want to yeah. know all of it. And it gives me what I like about Angler is it gives me a, a trip to catch ratio, which right now is a little messed up. And, you know, there should be many, many, many more trips in there. But eventually what it's going to do is balance out and give me an actual number of like right now it's showing like it's one outing to one catch. But I know that that's not true. Because I'll go out some days and catch, you know, five to ten. And then I'll go for days and days and days and I won't catch a damn thing. So it's like, it's just a quick number to let you know what it looks like. But yeah, you just got to yeah. go and, and track it. Like, that's exactly it. And so what's interesting, Sean, is like you bring up Angler and and the, the stuff that it provides. A lot of this, this winter, I'm going to be just taking the data from Angler with all the notes that I've added to these catches, and I'm going to be filling them in on that same database that you're using. So this way I can filter them the way that I want, because Angler does not necessarily allow you to do that. I can look at like a bait and say like, you know, like the I've been throwing the divine uh, swim jigs from Sixth Sense a lot. And it'll tell me the different species I've caught. It'll tell me the number of fish that I've caught, such and such, what I've used it on as far as rigs, uh, as far as different combos. So it'll tell me all that stuff, but it won't let me like filter like, okay, so out of all the swim jigs or out of all of whatever, like, what is this? How does this fit into this category? So that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking at kind of putting together. Yeah. I mean, well, look, just, just to show, you know, like you said- <laughs> Learning, learning yeah. when you're, even if you don't catch anything. So I just tooted my own horn and said, I've got all these fish that are over 17 inches over this time and that time. And who gives a shit? Yep. What have I learned this year alone? 12 skunks. How many yeah. do you think I have since 2009? Since 2009? Oh my God. I don't know. How many? 151. 150, 151 times I went to ponds since 2009 or lakes or rivers or wherever and didn't catch anything. And my skunks, hey, there's no definition of skunk other than the animal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. my I term my skunks by not catching any fish. Yep. So that yeah. means I didn't even get a bluegill. I yeah, didn't get exactly. a small pickerel, nothing. Oh, that's how I catch my – that's how, That's what yeah. I consider a skunk. No fish at well, all. Yeah. Some some people consider it no bass, bass only. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. I don't play that game. But nope. I mean, what I've done is I can look back on those skunks and say, where did – what happened there? Yeah. And I'm able to look at that. And that's, well, you know, that's one of those things where I, I 
tailored it to myself. You know what I mean? The, the Excel file. So it's there. I get skunked. But, uh, I mean, the bottom line of this whole thing is I don't know. I don't know what expectations people carry with them. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where uh, when Paul and I have our discussion, Paul Roberts and I, yep. that was one of the things that made my ears go up was Paul expects to win every tournament, I think. And and I don't I don't know how you can not go insane doing that. Yeah. Well, that's you know? a whole other conversation. Like you're talking yeah. about expectations in general. Yeah, it's going I mean, it's gotta be a whole other conversation, yeah, I hope. It is. But yeah, so that's that. I mean <laughs> I don't do that. I don't mm-hmm. understand people who do and, and I hope that we can pass along or hope some of this talk. Yep gave people some knowledge to not go out there and just assume or expect that a technique or a lure is going to catch you fish. Do the best you can. So many things that are going to dictate yes or no to that. Oh yeah. You know, so, well, it is uh, time to shift gears guys. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. <laughs> you're so damn gross. right guys you're a damn right just the tip for everybody and this week so this was like a last minute sort of discussion that kind of came up with sean and myself earlier just today and it was about shim washers on spinning reels and it has to do with an article that was let me i gotta i gotta look this up because i want to give proper credit to whoever put this out um you look that up i'll tell i'll tell everyone you where this started so uh, maybe about 10 years ago, I picked up, I believe it was the Shimano S series. It was a Sierra. It was a, like a bright orange rod. Yep. A bright orange reel, excuse me. And I had an original, my original carrot stick that died last year. Yeah. It went on that. So I had a bright blazing orange combo. Man, I love that freaking, I love that rod. I still miss it. I'm getting very used to the arcs. Sure. I mean, that that rod, I will always remember. That caught me a lot of good fish. And um. That reel had a feature that I had not come across before in any reels. Mm-hmm. When you take the spool off a spinning reel, there's that little gear underneath, mm-hmm. and it usually has a small shim washer or two, or in some cases, three on there. Or no, I'm sorry, one or two, right? Yep. A lot of them don't, but usually like cheaper reels will come with one, and they won't have any spares. These Shimano's all came with a spare. So... What that does, it gives you three settings to adjust your line lay on your spool. When you have more of those shim washers on there, Mm -hmm. it raises the spool up and the bottom of the spool is going to have more line. If, and this is depending on the reel. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a number of different factors. This is general. So if you may have one shim washer on there and it'll be even. You may have two on there. It'll do this. But the point is, those are there for you to adjust when you see how your line is laying on your spool of your spinning reel. Yep. So something that I've been really wrestling with over the past two years, since I decided to to put straight 10-pound fluoro on a spinning reel. I can't say straight. It does have backing. But straight with no leaders or any shit like that. Yeah. Was that I have been getting a significant amount of line twist. And it's been fucking pissing me off because of the cost of this line and i've had it break in weird spots and shit and the reels i have are really really cheap i like them 
they're inshore cheap reels. I, I will continue to use them. And I, I own three of them. Mm-hmm. They're all the same model. They're actually discontinued. And I thought about it because I just happened to spool up. The last time I spooled up with a 10-pound test, I noticed the line lay was very high. Yeah. Very up, up towards the middle, uh, up towards the top of the spool. And I said, I wonder if that's causing some of these line twist issues that I'm having. And I thought about it. What I did was I grabbed, I grabbed one of the shims off the spare reel. Mm-hmm. And I put it on that. I wasn't having any line twist on my other one that I use for mono. So I put the second shim on my fluoro um, spinning reel. Okay. I haven't had a single fucking twist. It's been not one, huh? Three weeks, four weeks. I haven't had a single one because now, by because that thing was high, because it was it was wrapping high. Yeah. When I raised it a little bit, it made the line go lower. It balanced it out a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, my advice to everybody, and I'm going to tell you why I'm giving this advice. My tip for the week is: if you are having line twist problems with fluoro on a spinning reel, yep. Look at how it's laying and adjust your shims. If it's laying too low, take shims off. If it's laying too high, Add put some. shims on. If it's just right, I seem to not be having any line twist right in the middle where it's where it's pretty even. Here's what the caveat to that is. When I first did the research on this shit 10 years ago with those Shimano Sierras, they actually had like a formula. Like, hey, if you have braid... Use this set of shims. Use one, two, or none. If you have mono, use one, two, or none. If you have fluoro, use one, two, or none. This was a separate, this was a different kind of reel than I'm using. So I can't pass that formula along. I wish I could get that information back. I looked everywhere for it. I couldn't find it. The best thing I found was the article I sent to you. And we talked earlier today. We are going to have that posted, whether it's me, you, uh, the Jigs and Bigs, Sean the Fisherman account. One of those will have that link posted up in a separate Instagram post, not a story post, after this or by the time this airs. Yeah. So, yeah. Please, go ahead. So the article is from Active Angling New Zealand, uh, is the the website that put that together. And it's titled Spooling Braid Properly. Um, I will, uh, Instagram is a little bit funny about links. Um, we're going to put a story post up with a swipe up link so you guys can check that out and get to it. (laughs) Um, as far as other posts, we might do some kind of an IGTV post or something because we can put a link in there as well. Um, so we'll have something there for you guys, uh, that you can check out on Instagram, but it's also, we'll put it on our Facebook page as well. So you guys can check it out. But yeah, I mean, this way it's like, you know, you know, check it out. Shim washers. I always wondered why there were varying amounts based on, you know, the, 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 the real maker, you know, and what was, what was included, but yeah. Like I said, Shimano's Shimano's a company that includes a bag of them, one or two that come extra. Yep. So you'll have three settings. You'll have one shim, two shims, or none. Um, but having the success I've had lately with with keeping the line twist down, I'm attributing it directly to that. Yeah. So give it a whirl if you're using straight fluoro on that. There is your tip. Possibly a little shaft right there too. You never know. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe maybe a little bit. Maybe you got a little bit. You're putting the shim washers on the shaft anyways. I mean, it's got to get involved. Why not? So there you go. Hope enjoy. Yeah. You guys know what time it is.
it's so funny. I was out on the water today, and uh, there were other kayakers that were out there, and there was a couple of bass boats, and uh, I was like, oh, uh, you know, gotta gotta leave these guys plenty of room, you know, clear myself before I make a move, make sure I'm not getting in anybody's way, you know, I don't want to be on the FTG segment again, so it's something I considered, and I hopefully you guys learned from that too. But uh, this this FTG comes from over the weekend. Uh, in fact, over the weekend at a local big boat tournament. What could it be? <sighs> My wife makes that same sound. Like when I tell her I'm going fishing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got yeah. a couple stories. I got a couple of guys that, well, fuck them. Yep. I got to gather myself. I'm just, I'm fucking getting pissed thinking about it. So this is a bass tournament, bass boat tournament. As you've heard us in the past, boy, recreational boaters have caught my wrath. Bass boaters have caught my wrath. Well, it turns out that you bass boaters are not simply restricted to fucking with kayakers. Bass boaters will also fuck with other bass boaters. Yeah. My man, Loaded Potato, and I were out there fucking flinging lures around in between uh, well, we were probably eh, 75 to 100 yards off the shore, throwing to a weed bed that was 40 or 50 yards in front of us between us and the shore. That did not stop one of our competitors from literally going. No, there was no wake because there was a no wake rule for the whole tournament for the yep. lake because of the water levels. Oh, yeah. That did not stop our competitor from literally going right over where we were casting to. That. I, the bite was was either dead or dying at that point, but I'm yeah. going to blame that person. So if you're listening to this, uh, fuck you, guy. That was really bullshit, and um, I hope you were one of the fucking 17 teams that finished lower than us. How about that? That's <laughs> I like that. Fuck that guy, number two. Same spot. <laughs> Four hours later recreational boat with what do you call them little uh, bamini tops or whatever the fuck they are yeah bimini top is that the right term yeah something like that kid crying on board wife obviously being dragged out to watch her husband fish he he was coming at us and then he went around us the direction we're casting over the same wee bed <sighs> the same spot hooked all the way around us and continued on the other side in in a direction that clearly dictated he would have actually made a straighter A to B line on the outside of us from the weed bed. Andy got pissed at that one. Andy had some things to say. I don't know if they heard him, <laughs> but he said them and loudly, and I don't blame him. There may have been a few F's in there. Oh, children, I'm sure that there were. Children or children not. Children Yeah, children yeah. or not, there may have. And I even remember saying to him, I'm just going to look down because if I look at this person, I'm going to start swearing. <laughs> and I just looked down, and that's what I did. There was some uh, There was some hand gestures, some arm gestures, not really hand gestures, not finger yeah. gestures, but arm gestures of WTF, you know, with, with body language. Yeah. Like. So there's there's two. There's There's two people. And then. I'm pretty sure every other competitor, or at least the competitors that were watching us, there was at least three boats that would love to nominate us, myself and Andy, for FTG, because 
we put the spot lock on for three hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not against the rules by any means. No. But we did it. And yeah. um, your nominations are invalid because yeah. it's not against the rules. <laughs> Nor is it poor etiquette. Because if you if somebody finds fish and they're sitting Finders on it, they're keepers. All, yeah. Dude, they're, well, they're obeying the golden rule. Yep. Don't. I, I don't know. Outside of a zone tournament where you switch zones and fish different spots every two hours or hour or whatever the increment is. Yeah. I don't remember signing up for tournaments saying, if you start catching fish, you have to let someone jump in there. I know too. We have to move on. I know. Yeah. I know on the pro circuit, there's some unspoken rules. You and I talked about it off air about a month or two ago that um, are bullshit to be quite honest. Sports with unspoken rules. Unspoken rules are stupid. Yeah. Um, Make them, make them part of the rule book or don't. Make it a rule. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's my two FTGs. I was personally involved with both of them. They fried me. Fuck them. Fuck them. And their uh, shitty etiquette on the water. Thanks a lot. And um, that's what you get. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Well, we got a little bit of tournament news that we need to get to regarding. We're only, keep in mind, today is the fifth day of September. We're not even a full week in. So these numbers that are coming out are very preliminary for the first week because it's not going to be complete until Wednesday, the first week. Not even a week. We have yeah. 28 in- Yeah, we. Oh, wait, whoa, where's my music? Here we go. Yeah! <laughs> <sighs> Weighing in at 250 pounds. Just getting over a cold. Shamnivishamit! Sorry, it doesn't get old. Oh, there it goes. There goes the whiskey. (laughs) I need a little something. I have driven you to drink with the Looney Tunes 1960s cartoon reference. Excellent. All right. We here at Jigs and Bigs are very proud, very proud to present the September Nationwide Freshwater Online Tournament multi-species <laughs> that's the whiskey talking right there Ooh. uh we have right now as we speak 28 anglers vying for the prizes that we know what they are we know what they are we'll we'll, we'll talk you know i'm doing some fun well, we yeah we, yeah we know we'll be picking them up uh, a couple weeks from now once we get our final entries oh yeah so far five days in we've already got 81 fish turned in it's fucking 81. amazing, dude. It's good stuff. It's good fishing. I'm just going to go through some leaderboards here because yeah. we, we've got enough. So we got uh, Berkshire Brett with his PB brown trout, 18 and a half. Good for you, Brett. Yeah, I that is awesome, balls. dude. <laughs> Brett got a warning. That mouth was, was one-eighth of an inch open. Maybe it was so close to a quarter, but it wasn't. And I said, you got to watch that shit, man. And he knows now. Bullhead Catfish. We got a couple of submissions. We got Mr. Dabari and Hooked Up North. Both of them got a couple of uh, bullheads in. Dabari's leading it with a 13. I do love it. Chain Pickerel. All right. We got some fun with this. Uh, My aforementioned 22 and a quarter that I caught out there on Quay Bog. That one's in the lead. Steve Hedges, fellow MAKB member. He's got a 21 and a quarter. I think he caught that during his knockout. Oh, here's a surprise. Jerry House has a, shocker, has a fish, right? Yeah, shocker. You know, Jerry. in a multi-species, 
in a multi-species tournament, Jerry House is turning fish in. You, you wouldn't believe it. He's got an 18 and uh, Derek Arioli has a 13 and three quarters. Crappie. Oh, Jer- Jerry House, nine and three quarters. How, how shocking. And then we got Gravy Fishing has an eight and three quarters in. I believe he caught that at Quaybog. Yep. Largemouth. I'm just going to read the top five in Largemouth. I know a bunch of people put them in. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll just go top five because I haven't. There's certain categories that I actually uh, I actually screw around with when I see a lot of people put them in because we like to see everything. Yeah, exactly. makes it easier on me to judge and and do my uh, my computations, if you will. Sure. So I haven't changed it yet to show more people. It's showing five right now. So Steve Hedges again, nineteen and three quarters. Nice fish. He caught that at really his good. knockout. Um, I've got a nineteen that I caught at my knockout. Uh, hooked up north, eighteen and a half. Jerry House, big surprise, eighteen, and then. Rounding out the top five. Robert Prosciutto. Robert Prosciutto. Robert Prosciutto has a 16. Very nice. Let's scroll down. Oh, we have a Northern Pike entry. Hooked up north. Big surprise. Nice. He's out in the upper Midwest. He's got a 23 and a quarter. White and yellow perch. We got two tied up. We got got OGO Joe. And then... Chris Dabari, both of them tied up with a 10.75. We got, I'm getting, it's it's fucking five days in. I'm already sick of saying his name in every category. Jerry Howes with I a know. nine and three quarters. Gravy Fishing, eight and three quarters. Smallmouth. Here we go. You're going to like this one there, yep. Robert. Yep. We got, we got the butcher leading the, leading the pack at 16 and a half. He recently, ups, uh, he recently, recently unseated. The uh, the first person to turn in a smallmouth, which was yourself, Robert yep. Prosciutto, at 16 inches. Chris Debar- Chris name's getting said a lot here, too. It is. He's got a 15 and a half. Jerry Howes again, with a 15. And Berkshire Brett with an 11 and a half. Will knock me over with a feather. <laughs> feather. So we got... We got some sunfish in here. We got uh, Jerry House with a 10. Myself recently turned in a 9.5 this afternoon. Very yep. nice of me. Derek Ardioli again with an 8.5. Very now, nice of me. <laughs> before we get to the any five, can I, can I break the news that there may be some, some side wagering going on in this tournament? Yes, please do. May I break it? Yeah. All right. I was privy to a couple of text messages. And then a conversation with you to confirm it that yep. there is, in fact, a side bet going on between two competitors, two esteemed competitors, Derek Ardioli of Three Bells and yourself. Oh, yeah. Whoever has the most points is the is the the, the bet uh, throughout the tournament, most total points. If you end up with the most total points, Derek will be making a donation to this tournament for both yourself and some winners. Yep. Um of baits that he's been making. He started his own little, I mean, he's, he's making his own baits. He's making hard baits too. It's not just plastics, which is awesome. So it's something different. And he's Wicked been doing a really nice job. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they look great. Um, yep. I have a few of them. He, he threw a couple my way to try out and I uh, threw a couple your way. And yep. uh, this is awesome. He'll be donating some. I got to know one intimately actually. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. And the flip side to that coin is if Derek wins. Yeah. This is where it gets ugly. You have to wear a custom-made shirt to one of your trivia nights that reads Limp Biscuit Rules. That's fucking rough, man. If that isn't motivation. Oh, it's fucking motivation. I don't know. 
That sucks. <laughs> we got. I'm, I'm not we looking do forward some, to that. We gonna do some shit in Champlain. That's all I got. Yeah, say. we are. Yeah, we are. So finally, we have our any five. Um, after my recent mini pickerel apocalypse over the weekend, uh, I'm at ninety four seven five. Steve Hedges is at eighty seven and a quarter. Jerry Howes, so sick of saying that name in multi species tournament. It's, it's he's an every, animal. He is an animal, he is, Jerry. It's every fucking tournament. Jerry's got eighty two and three quarters. Hooked up north with seventy nine and a half, and Dylan Barber at forty nine and a half. So I have not computed the first to hundred. It was either myself no. or Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I think Steve's fish were from a, I think from today. But either way, I'll compute that. I have all the dates and the times, et cetera. Yeah. I got all that information. But somebody has topped 100. I am, myself and Jerry are both getting close to two, I think, as well. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things is I did have uh, I did have a prospective contestant. Let me see if that person actually jumped in. Uh, where's the elevator music? I do not see that person in here yet. I had I had a prospective contestant send me a message, an email this morning, asking several questions about this. And I did, I laid out the tips. Number one, about the <coughs> NE5. Yep. If you turn a fish in another category and it gets called, it does not go to the NE5. Do not submit it in the NE5. I look at that shit. I catch those. It's not a big deal, but... You know, you're not going to get penalized for it. Just don't waste my time and yeah, exactly. get, call, get, get just, called out on a podcast. They're just going to get yanked anyway. And then made fun of. We don't want that because I'm saying it. I say True. it constantly. Um, really, like, I mean, the largemouth category, because everyone's catching largemouth. Number one, it's the most popular. Number two, it seems to be very rare between this tournament and Chronic Trips where a 20 incher doesn't place points. Yeah. It seems to be very, it's like 20 inches seems, if you're a 20, you're, Chances are you're going to get some points out of it. Mm-hmm. I think there's only been a one or two tournaments where two, uh, straight 20 didn't. You know what I mean? But it's it's a lot rarer to get a 19 and get extra points out of it. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to really compete for the title, I don't think anybody who's competed for the title has not gotten 100 inches out of the NE5 category. Yeah. I think I think every winner... If you want to go for every, the dub, you, you need that. You need you 100 need, plus inches. Yeah, so yeah. that means... Which means yeah, it might be you getting creative with the species you're targeting, you know? You might, like, let's, let's be honest, 20-inch largemouth, harder to come by in most situations than, like, 20-inch pike. Or a 20-inch pickerel. Or yeah. even a 20-inch pickerel, yeah. Yep, in chronic trips, we've seen it where it's been ocean fish, so we've seen, mm-hmm. we've seen huge halibut. Yeah. You know, like somebody will put a 40 inch in the halibut category in the flatfish category and then that 23 25 30 goes into there the same thing with pike i've done that numerous yep. times um so yeah you got to be creative it is tough to get 20 inch largemouth to throw away into the any five you know chronic trips stripers like i said they're, they're in there too so mm-hmm. there's some tips on that you know we've got plenty of time nobody has run away with this yet and, yeah and we've it's seen so early help yeah in the first jigs and bigs tournament the winner didn't even fish the first two weeks. Yeah. So Only can, anything can happen. Month. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So come on in. The water's fine, folks. Uh, we have more than three weeks left in this tournament. Jump in. Get some fish on the board. Once uh, we close registration in a couple weeks, Bobby and I are going to get our prizes together, and they'll be out the door. Friggin' awesome, man. Love I'm it. looking forward to it. Yep, got uh, a little bit of Chronic Trips info just to throw this out while we're talking okay. tournaments. 
Um, the registration for the final Chronic Trips tournament, uh, multi-species fresh and salt water. The registration will be up in a couple of weeks. I say that it'll be, you know, probably a week out before the before the tournament. It seems to be working well for any. Everybody seems to put in on them late anyway, so mm -hmm. I don't really have to go three weeks out. So I do it a week before. That'll be up. Um, and as far as this last one, uh, we are getting the prizes out this week. Seth has been um, in parts unknown. I think he's been mountain climbing. I know he, I know he and uh, a friend were doing the, the entire Connecticut River, and they got like seventy five percent of the way through. Like New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts. They were in Connecticut, I think, and had to stop it due to a family emergency from yep. his buddy. But um, yeah, Seth's been busy and a little bit out of touch. He, he, uh, he's got the prize list coming from me. And then I have all the stretching lines packs ready to be A, delivered or B, mailed. Mm -hmm. um, the delivery ones will come as I see people through tournaments, et cetera. But um, yeah, last, last month's Chronic Trips was great. This month's Jigs and Bigs is off to a hell of a start. We are seeing some shit, folks. Get in on it. It's fun. I like judging your fish. It's good stuff. Well, that ought to do it for our tournament uh, information as far as covering all the bases. <sighs> I think that's pretty damn good. Why don't we go ahead and do this? Uh, let's go ahead and kick to our next break. We'll come back and wrap up this show, guys. We'll be right back after this. Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce that we're being supported by Three Bells Outfitters. Located in Smith Cove on the Niantic River, TBO is Connecticut's premier paddle sports retailer. They're a full service shop specializing in kayaks and paddle boards for everything from recreation to tournament fishing. Three Bells is an authorized dealer of Hobie, Jackson, Feel Free, Native, and Bonafide kayaks, as well as many paddleboard brands. Not sure of what kind of SUP or kayak you want? TBO offers free demos of all brands. Want to go for an extended test drive? They have a full service rental facility on site. Three Bells also offers a complete rigging service for your kayak with such brands as Yak Attack, Yak Gear, Burley Pro, Yak Power, Torquedo, and more. The sky is the limit. You can visit Three Bells Outfitters in person or online at threebellsoutfitters.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. Can't make it to the store to pick up your kayak or worried the freight company might might damage your purchase? Three Bells Outfitters offers a white glove delivery of kayaks within a 225 mile radius of their store at a rate less than typical freight carriers. They will deliver your kayak, set it up, and answer any questions you may have. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to tell them Jigs and Bigs sent you Three Bells Outfitters because life is better on the water. the that that puts a cap on this episode of jigs and bigs man and it's uh it, it was a good show it was it was a fantastic show this week we we definitely learned some stuff i feel like there was a lot of value in here for you and our topic of uh of not forcing techniques uh hopefully some of you guys that are listening can can take that and learn some from because i think that you'll You'll, you'll have a more productive time going out and learning new techniques if you're not putting the expectations on there. And I think it'll overall, it'll be a better thing for you as an angler and a better thing for your mental health. Uh, it certainly <laughs> is for me. <laughs> you know, All of our listeners for, for techniques to be forced, just learn from us. We're living it. Yeah. Bobby is not forcing a spinnerbait, and I sure as fuck am not forcing a drop shot. It's true. Yeah, it's true. 
you know, we'll, 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 we'll get there when we get there and we, we, you know, it's then, then great. If not, we're going to catch all the fish we want, even without them. Hey, whatever. It's fine. Yes. It's fine. But great stuff all around. We definitely put the fuck on, uh, what, uh, three different folks, uh, which is pretty good. One was even self-inflicted, which I think that is. Keep in mind that was a nomination. It's true, it was a nomination, but I mean, I, I feel like that says a lot. Like it says, and it, it's just like myself when I put myself in the fuck this guy category. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, we're not immune to this. You know, it's not like we're superheroes or some shit. You know, yeah, we are. We are. Don't don't sell us short. We're we're fucking superheroes. <laughs> fucking was an adjective, not a verb. There, <laughs> it's true. We're fucking. <laughs> I ever tell you the? Did we ever bring Let's this talk up? Talk about the Hulk. <laughs> No, this is like kind of, I feel okay throwing a little bit of nerd shit in here. Did I ever tell you the funniest sign I ever saw in a pro wrestling crowd when I was watching like Monday Night Raw like 20 years ago? Twist is nuts? No. Uh, right right in the middle, there's all these stone cold 316 signs and yep. the rock and whatever. Some idiot is standing up at like the fourth row with a sign that says pork is not a verb. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I've seen That's a million awesome. rest wrestling signs that was the best of all time it's not a verb that's hilarious <laughs> man that might be a jinx and Binks t-shirt piggy jinx t-shirt oh here we go oh it, it was no this was a really good show i i love the fact that we we can go so in depth with these categories and have this awesome discussion it's always really great stuff one thing we do want to mention guys again like we're down to the final weeks of this introductory pricing for all of our uh merch over at jigsandbigs.com been seeing a lot of posts people are buying up some stuff which is great i'm glad you guys are doing that we want to drop some new stuff uh to get ready so that next season is just absolutely insane uh maybe change up some designs and and, and mix some stuff up of course on spotify if you like the jigs and bigs playlists you know feel free to uh, add some songs to them i feel like on the first one some of you guys have I feel like there 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 have been a few songs added, so that's very very cool. Give them a listen if you're if if you're interested in, in in just throwing on some some music while you're fishing or while you're working on tackle or prepping the boat or rigging or something like that. Check out the Jigs and Bigs playlists or cutting in front of people casting. <laughs> you could do that. He could have been cranking yeah. that. You know, yeah. <laughs> the rad soundtrack. <laughs> oh you know, man, I'm waiting for someone Break to listening to our ice. podcast. Yeah. When they're driving by and doing something that deserve that's FTG worthy, and I'll just yell it. <laughs> you know what we need to start doing? I think when we start bringing the show on the road, every single time that we see like a truck that's all dirty on the back, we should write FTG in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got old old school Opie and Anthony WAF vibes all over it. It really does. Anyway, and of course, we want to just throw a big uh, thank you and uh, a note of appreciation, of course, to uh, uh, the the Northeast Wild Woman, Cheryl. She's killing it with the uh, with the fishing report, doing a great job. All the contributors for that, all the jig heads that contribute for the fishing report each and every week on Thursdays. That gets dropped for you at northeastwildwoman.com. We appreciate you guys uh, with all you do, getting all that info, info out for you. I'm hoping that... Uh, my fishing like routine and schedule will get better uh, and more more uh 
typical, like, you know, as far as the number of days that I'm getting out and I can contribute a bit more to the report. Like when I say a bit more, I mean at all. So that would be awesome. I would love to be able to go and, and do some stuff, even just from in and around the Valley urban fishing or something. I mean, that would be great. It'd be absolutely cool. And, yeah, and before, and before it gets too yeah. cold out, I'd like to, I'd like to take you on a little trip, a little road trip to one of my favorite haunts that I haven't I really only saw it twice or once or twice this year, but I think you and I would have a good time out there, a little little east of us. But okay. uh, we'll we'll keep that we'll keep that off air. Let's do that. I like that idea. Yeah. I like it, guys. Uh, I think I think that's about going to do it for this show. I mean, it was a, it was a good one. We had a great time. I'm sure you guys had a great time. You're going to let us know, of course, uh, with a quick review over at uh, Apple Podcasts, or you know, uh, maybe 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 dropping a comment on our Instagram. And remember, I want to th- just make a mention here that uh, we are we are initiating a new giveaway practice on Instagram that involves the Jigs and Bigs Instagram account, the, uh, both Bobby Roast Beef and the Sean the Fisherman ones as well. So make sure you're following all those all. Those because every time we hit a thousand new a thousand followers, we're doing a giveaway on each of those accounts. So there's an opportunity for you to win some really cool stuff, and you know we're gonna have ourselves a good time with it. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. I'm excited about it. I know that you guys are excited about it. If you already follow all of our stuff, then awesome. We appreciate that. Tell your friends that they should follow us too. If they like cool, funny shit, and if they like free winning free stuff too, they should really what follow is us. Who doesn't like cool, funny shit? I love cool, funny shit. <laughs> oh. So, in 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 the in 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 line with the new addition to the Jigs and Bigs Armada, and it is becoming an Armada. I feel like there's only one perfect song to go out on this week. So, hope you guys have a great one. Get out there and catch some fish. And uh, as always. Tight lines. The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. I'll do you in the bottom while you drink a sangria. Nachos, lemon heads, my dad's boat. You won't go down cause my dick can float. We sail around the world and go port to port. Every time I come, I produce a quart. Put on your life vest, lens, jump anchor. There's a nice lady who I like to swank her. Boats and hoes, boats and hoes. I gotta have me my boats and hoes. your mom's yeah. hair. You'll be amazed when I come in your hair. Pull up the anchor, anchor. cause we're leaving dry land. Get below deck with a tick in your hand. Anchors away and shiver me timbers. We like to fuck ladies with our eight inch members. Love me hookers who be a curvy. Ain't had lemons and limes so contracted the scurvy. Drop the anchor, give that hoe a shout. Cause I'm using my compass to find a nappy dugout.
That was fantastic.